What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to episode 32 of More Wrestling's podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Morrison. I am joined today by my co-host, Zach Rolf. Before we get into it today, I just want to let you know this is a two-hour episode. First hour and 16 minutes, we talk about the Olympic team trials. And then if you just want to listen to the Journeyman New York State Championships, uh, fast forward to about an hour and 17 from then to the end, we talk about the, uh, the the state tournament that was held down in Pennsylvania. Hope you enjoy. How's it going today, Zach? Not bad, man. How you doing? Not bad at all. Um, obviously, we had a big weekend of wrestling this past weekend. We had the Journeyman New York State uh, Championships down in Lancaster, Mannheim, PA. And uh, then we had the Olympic team trial. So that was pretty wild, wasn't it? Dude, I think I have a little hangover from all the wrestling. Like, yeah, no, I felt like I got hit. Like my last tournament that I'd gone to to help, you know, coach and all that stuff was probably in September um, at the Battle on the Bird. So, I mean, it's been a, a few months and uh, <clears throat> doing that and then, you know, watching wrestling and just the drive down, it just it felt like I got hit by a truck. And uh, but it was worth it. It was it was a fun weekend of wrestling. Yeah, man. You know, this weekend really, you know, really showed why I love this sport so much because the emotional roller coaster this sport takes you on is is like none other. I went from having, you know, I had one kid make the finals, which was awesome, um, and then I had a couple kids go 0 and 2. Right? So like the emotion from like, all right, he won in the quarters, we're freaking out, we're going nuts, and then the next match this guy loses and goes 0 and 2, who we thought had a good shot to place. Right. And then he goes 0 and 2 and like, you know, it's a crusher. So, and then, you know, the next day, moving into Olympic trials, watching Olympic trials, you know, my kid wins in the semis, and now we're in the finals, and then we watch Yanni lose the J.O., and it's like, oh, man, right back down to, to you know, rock bottom, and then, bam, there's Vito beating Dayton Fix. And it was just, it was just, like, one thing after another. It was, it was so much fun, and why I love the sport so much because you, you don't get that kind of adrenaline or emotion in any other sport. No, no, you don't. Um, it was it was a great weekend. Um, yeah, I, I was right there with you. Um, whether it was the wrestling family that we had, you know, watching and coaching and competing at the uh, Spooky Nook uh, Event Center, um, and then it carried into we, – we watched the semifinals in a hotel room with, like, 20 people in it um, just packed – you know, splitting screen to screen, watching whatever match, you know, whether it was Peacock or NBC sports. So, uh, yeah, it was great, great weekend of wrestling and let's, uh, let's dive in on it. Yeah. So real quick, you know, kind of a little quick idea of what we're going to do here for those of you listening, uh, we're going to break down the Olympic trials and then, you know, we'll give you guys a little heads up, probably put the little timestamp somewhere that you guys can jump to. If you want to just listen to the New York state tournament or, uh, we'll kind of let you do a non-New York fans know when we're kind of moving into that. So you guys can check out if you want to check out or you guys can listen about New York high school wrestling. So Yeah, uh, so right, in, right into Greco, right? Yeah. Greco 60 kilos. The the story here, in my opinion, actually started after after the trials were over. Um, so Ildar Havisov beat Ryan Mango two matches to zero to make the Olympic team um, pretty convincingly, 7-0 and then a technical fall. In the second match but what i saw afterwards that was really interesting was ryan mango tweeted obviously if, those of you who don't know he's a he's a stanford alum you know he graduated from stanford with an all-american there right. um he tweeted that when he made the finals after he won the challenge tournament finals to go in against Eldar Havisov, um the the stanford athletic director added him as a friend on social media <laughs> right and he and uh ryan ended up you know, calling him out on it, saying, you know, hey, you're you're adding me as a friend, so you could use me as a marketing tool 
when you're eliminating the sport that made me an alumni of your school. And right. then after Ryan lost in the finals, he goes back to social media and bang, the, the, the friend request is gone. Jesus. Just more shady, nasty, stupid stuff from the, from what is his name? Bernard Muir, the yeah. athletic director at Stanford, man. It just, it continues to be, you know, just, I don't, I don't even know how to explain it. Yeah, he's a spineless piece of crap. That's what he is. Yeah, that's for sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna share his uh I I've haven't actually I might have sent him an email back when they dropped it which you know most of these emails aren't going anywhere but I guess if you annoy him enough um you know they're not gonna change their mind but um I don't yeah, think so either. They're, that's a bunch of crap but yeah Mango lost to Idar so Ildar Ildar Hadizov I love his name yeah. all right up to 67 kilos so here there's not much of a story here I mean it was a close finals match um, Alejandro Sancho defeats Ellis Coleman two matches to none um, relatively close matches 2-0 3-1 um, if you don't know who Ellis Coleman is he's the guy who made the flying squirrel famous after jumping over top of someone at the world championships and scoring a couple points uh, to win a match late but not, not a ton of a story here Alejandro Sancho was the guy sitting out um, and won the spot deservedly so. Yep. And then moving up to 77 kilograms, our guy, New York guy, out of Shenandoah, Jesse Porter. Um, he won two matches over Peyton Walsh to make the Olympic team. Uh, I mean, side note, he does have to qualify the weight. Um, I think it's in Bulgaria, right? Uh, yes. Belarus. Okay, yeah. 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 So he's got to qualify the weight to to uh, make the Olympics itself. But yeah, he's on the Olympic team. Um, that's awesome. He he had a great year. His interview, I think, talking about how he hadn't had a partner since COVID started, and he's just been doing like a bunch of shadow wrestling and working with a dummy and watching film and and doing all the, the different things and not you know being I guess in a grind of a practice. And uh, it's definitely paid off because he's on the Olympic team. So. Yeah, man. One thing I loved about this, you know, Alexis Porter, his sister, um, hype train. Dude, she went nuts on Twitter. I loved yeah. every second of it. Um, she, she's kind of like somebody made a joke to her that they need to start spending more time with her because now her brother and boyfriend are both on an Olympic team. Yeah, <laughs> Those of you who don't know, she, she's with uh, Tracy Tracy Hancock. Angela Hancock is her boyfriend. So yeah. it was it was funny to hear somebody say something like that. But she was going in for Jesse. It was great to see all the support for her. Um, the other story about this about this uh, was the craziness of the second match. Uh, Jesse Porter and Peyton Walsh are wrestling in a 7-7 match with, uh, I don't know, probably 30 seconds, 45 seconds to go. And the the official hits Jesse for passivity and puts Jesse on bottom. Now, I'm not, not going to claim to be a Greco rules guy, but all weekend when I was watching Greco, which they forced on our throats, which, cool, I get it. Let's all you know get more exposure to Greco. Um, but... Every time I saw somebody get forced on bottom, they gave the other guy a point. Now, this match was 7-7 seven to seven before they put Jesse on bottom. Jesse didn't get turned. They're back on their feet. The match is still 7-7. Seven, seven. Jesse now thinks it's 8-7 because, like I said, you know, usually they're giving the other guy a point, and he is sprinting. He's trying to score, trying to score, trying to score. Peyton Walsh staying in a good position, not giving anything up. Match ends 7-7. Seven, seven. Jesse has criteria. He wins the match. But both guys in the match thought that Peyton Walsh won. 
It, it, I don't understand how somebody there messed it up, but maybe I missed something. Maybe it was 6-7. I'm pretty sure it was 7-7 seven, seven before they put him down, but both guys thought Peyton Walsh had won the match until the ref raised Jesse Porter's hand. So NBC Sports, was uh, they were covering Gwiz's match, right? Because Gwiz wrestled the same time. Gwiz and um, Gable. Gable. Are yeah, you sure so Gwiz I, wrestled? Yeah, right. Just leave him alone. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, Gable and uh, they, they wrestled at the same time. So you, you had to like get on the side app or whatever it was to watch that match, I think. So I was driving. I, actually, I was in Tully's watching it on the TV. So I did not get to watch that. Um, any of Jesse's matches, but so I, I don't know if, if you it was get a chance. Anybody go back and watch that? It was it was a crazy match. I don't even know. Can we even go back and watch matches? Um, is that even an option so. right now? I I don't think so. Um, there's like none on NBC. I mean, some might be starting to leak onto YouTube, but a lot of those matches you're not you're not gonna be able to watch. They're just like a they're in your memory, lost away. So not good. Yeah. All right. Moving up to Move 87 up. kilograms though. Um, John Stefanowitz of the All Marine Wrestling Team won by decision over Joseph Rao, two to one and six to five. Uh, Joe Rao, I think he think he left his shoes on the mat. And he retired. He did uh, yes, so, he did. You know, they, if any, no. if, you know, if anybody's watched Joe Rao um, or followed him, you know he's a big eater. Um, he's got like a Instagram thing. You know, him and Robbie Smith, they they've been on a few teams together and uh, they, you know they train together, but. Uh, yeah, he's he's a big eater. Um, you know, he's kind of been the face of Greco. Just he's kind of been in the the public's eye a little bit more, I think, as the Greco guy in the last few years. But, uh, didn't he wrestle? Um, didn't he do like a, a hybrid freestyle Greco match with Pat Downey? Was it him or was it him? Who was know. it? I mean, I know Provisor's Downey's friend, but maybe it was Provisor. Yeah, I don't know. They did it on the Rumble at the Rooftop thing. Where J.O. wrestled Nolf. It, it could make sense because that was in Illinois, I believe. That was Chicago. Yeah. So I mean, Rao I'm pretty sure. Him. I'm pretty sure it was Rao. Yeah, it might have been him. Um, but yeah, Stefanowitz gets the the job done. He makes the Olympic team, and uh, Rao, you know, takes the shoes off and leaves the sport. Um, you know, after a, a pretty decent career. Yeah, but so. you know the the craziest thing, probably the biggest upset of the entire weekend that nobody's talking about. Mainly because, unfortunately, you know, it was Greco and guy, people don't really know Greco. But Alan Vera, we I think we talked about him last week at some point. We talked about him before on the podcast. But oh yeah, easily the biggest favorite almost of anyone in the tournament, you know, outside maybe Adeline Gray and Samira. But he loses. John Stefanowitz beats him in the semis of the challenge tournament. That was beyond unexpected. Yeah, um, we, we definitely talked about Vera probably two different uh, podcasts now. Just, just you know, the, the Greco guys getting their name out there. And, and uh, Vera, who we thought would make a run, I think, you know. Um, and, yeah, he's not even on the Olympic team. So, that's nuts. Stefano has definitely had a great weekend knocking off Vera and Rao. Yeah. And, you know, those of you who don't know, that's also Chase uh, – Chance, sorry, Chance Marsteller's brother. Stefano Woods? Yes. Did not know that. Yes, that's pretty neat. That's neat. That's awesome. Uh, so moving up to eighty or to ninety-seven, we've already mentioned him. He is uh, uh, Alexis Porter's boyfriend, um, Tracy Hancock Giangelo. He also goes by. Uh, he won. He was an Olympic team member. 
he beat Braxton Amos of Wisconsin, which Braxton Amos hasn't even wrestled the, on uh, a college season yet for the Badgers. Um, you know, he qualified for the Olympic team trials in freestyle and Greco. Did he wrestle in freestyle at all or no? Uh, I almost feel like he did not. I, I, I thought either, he either wrestled one match and then, uh, you know, forfeited or he did I think not he wrestle. lost his first match. I think he drew Colin Moore first round. Okay. And lost and then ended up just forfeiting out at that point because he was on a good run. Yeah, he got attacked by Colin Moore first round. Okay. And then forfeited to Kevin Gadsden, who then got a forfeit from Hayden Zomer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, Braxton Amos had a good tournament. I'm drawing a blank on who he beat in the, the Challenge Tournament Finals. Uh, but, I mean, he, he met up with uh, Tracy Hancock in the Finals. He um, defeated Nick Boykin of Sunkiss Wrestling Club. Okay, maybe I don't know if that was the match that I watched or not, but uh, yeah, he, he kind of ran. Crazy win over Luke Sheridan of Army, who was a two seed. That that, that was probably it, yeah, because it was a two seed. Sheridan, I think, wrestled at Indiana in uh, college. Yeah. Yep. yep. So, uh, yeah, but Tracy Hancock's the real deal. Um, Dude, he two techs. He's over. a killer. Yeah. The the one clip that's kind of going around Twitter right now, where he like side headlock choked him and then rolled him backwards, was just. Dude, that's that's freak stuff. Yep. That's freak, freak stuff. Freak. I don't know how to explain it. Dude's an animal. Yeah. Hopefully then, uh, you bring back a medal for Greco. I would hope so. I mean if uh Kuhn obviously goes and gets a medal as well. Um I believe Kuhn still has to qualify the weight. He still has to qualify. Um I, I guess I feel kinda comfortable with Kuhn qualifying the weight, but uh yeah, he still has to qualify. But Kuhn, he won in the Olympic team trial finals over Colton Schultz, ten to one, and he won three to three criteria. These um, dudes wrestle all the time. I don't understand. Yeah. And they just wrestled overseas too, right? Yep, they just went to the Pelicone, where yeah. it was like between conferences and nationals, and Colton Schultz was ridiculous and traveled all the way over there, and then came back for NCAAs. Yeah, and well, then drew Adam Kuhn first round. <laughs> I, I'm kind of like looking. Looking at this, like Colton Schultz, he's still young. Braxton Amos is still young. Like having these guys that are in the college scene, and you know they're they're wrestling Greco and they're they're having success, right? They're they're the second man in the ladder for the, our Greco team, and uh, they're they're still wrestling in in college. So it kind of gives the Greco guys and maybe the Greco community a little bit more love just just because they have guys that are um, wrestling, you know. Yeah, and you know those two are what we were talking about last week when we were talking about stars transitioning to greco but now it's more i mean even better for us right they're growing in greco as they're growing in our you know as stars colton schultz just took fourth at ncaa's braxton Amos isn't even in college yet and here we are talking about him right and you know it's just gonna get better next year when he joins that 197 pound weight class with aj ferrari and you know the difference is is braxton amos isn't gonna come out and call anybody a douche like they're like AJ Ferrari has no problem doing, but <laughs> yeah. you know his wrestling will speak for itself. Those of you who don't know who Braxton Amos is, look him up. He's gonna be a killer next year. Yeah, I'm excited to watch him uh, put on the Wisconsin uh, singlet and see what he does. Yeah, let's uh, let's move into the women's freestyle. How about how about we uh, start at 50 kilograms? 50 kgs. 50 kg. Well, we've this name is uh, a name you've heard a lot on more wrestling podcast. The last name Hildebrandt. Um, her brother Drew wrestled for Central Michigan University this year. Her brother, Sarah's brother, Sarah Hildebrandt, the Olympic team member 
at 50 kilograms for United States of America. Um, yeah, so she won a tech fall over Victoria Anthony, 12 to two, and then she won by a tech fall 10 to no, 10 to zero. Um, so she won two straight matches over Victoria Anthony. Sarah Hildebrandt's killer, man. Yeah, she is, man. And, good. and Victoria Anthony looks so good this weekend. I don't know if you had a chance to watch any of her matches, yep. but she got three technical falls and a decision victory over Alyssa Lampy, who's also a, a former world medalist. You know, so three technical falls, a win over a world silver medalist, and then gets dominated by Sarah Hildebrandt. Yeah, I watched uh, her finals match against Amy Fernside. Um, we So the semifinals were on that Friday night, and right, so our first day of wrestling down in, in Pennsylvania – um, we were all like, all right, who's, who's watching wrestling tonight? So I had my laptop and, uh, somebody that we were with had another laptop. So we were staying at a you know hotel and there's a few other wrestling families that were there with us. So in my room, we had one laptop on Peacock TV and then the other one was NBC sports. And we had our, uh, HDMI cable running into both of them. So if, you know, we were, the one laptop had Peacock on and it was a match that we might not wanted to watch, but the other match was awesome. We uh, just turned that one into the TV and then we were all watching it. So we had like 20 family or not 20 families, but like 20 people in there at, at one time, right? We had um, Tyler Ferreira and his dad. We had Mikey Squires and his dad. Um, we had uh, Jamie Oldslack. We had uh, the Bears, um, myself, my parents, um, a few of the other bears, uh, family members. So, uh, yeah, we had a ton of people in my, my room and we were, we were getting rowdy, right. Cause some of these matches, you know, Vito, obviously our New York guy, we'll, we'll get into that, but he had an awesome win in the, the challenge tournament finals. So, uh, yeah, that's where I was for the, the semis. So we got to watch a lot of these, these, uh, awesome challenge tournament finals or just semis in general. Yeah. I mean, some of them are semis, you know, if somebody was sitting out to the finals or not, but right. Yeah. So, you know, like I, like I was saying, Victoria Anthony looked great all weekend and then runs into an absolute buzzsaw in the world silver medalist if Sarah Hildebrandt. And, I mean, well, I don't know what else to say. Let, let's move on, then we can talk about the team overall. Yep. Move up to 53 kilos um, in the women's, where Jakara Winchester defeats kind of the, the, you know, the most surprising finalist probably um, of the weekend, Arana Heaton. Uh, I believe she was a sixth seed uh, of the challenge tournament. Comes out and knocks off three people, three girls who had previously beaten her um, to make to make the Olympic trials finals. Yeah, no, she had a great weekend. Uh, obviously, Ronna Heaton is uh, Seth Gross's uh, girlfriend, fiance, fiance, right? Yeah, they 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 got engaged. So, uh, congrats to them. But yeah, she had a great tournament, and uh, you know, she ran into. Uh, Jakara, who was on a mission, you know, the, the first match was pretty good. And then I was like, oh, you know, I kind of was looking at it. I'm like, oh, Ronda might have a chance in the second match. But Jakara came out swinging and, you know, she got the job done. Yeah, I mean, she was a world champion last year, I believe, at 55 kilos. And she came down to 53. Um, she She's a she's really good. She also adds more, just another girl on our team who's going to uh, hopefully bring home a medal. Yeah, um, so Chikara looked good. Um, she's pretty solid for our Team USA. We'll move up to 57 kilograms where Helen – this is crazy, right? Series of the whole tournament. Yeah, I mean, I almost want to talk about this last, but we'll get into it. Just keep I, it was, I was just thinking the same thing. But let's, yeah, let's get into it, though. Yeah, um, so match one, Helen Morales 
uh, one by decision over Jenna Burkett, uh, five to three. So match one was crazy. It was awesome. Um, for those that you that don't know and haven't been on Twitter or social media, Jenna Burkett's mother passed away like eight or nine days before the tournament. So obviously her her head and her heart kind of were you know I'm not gonna say in the wrong place, but they were uh, for her to compete it was pretty crazy. Um, so match one went to Helen. Match two, Jennifer Kett came out and she won six to five over Helen. Uh, so you know we're we're going into match three, and I think I watched both the matches at Tolly's because on the way home I watched the uh, I was like I had my hotspot on my phone and then I had my laptop in my passenger seat and I drove back from Pennsylvania by myself. So I'm just put put that on and I'm like listening more so than watching because I'm not trying to watch wrestling on, on 81, but uh. So I get to Tully's, watch that, and then it was match three, right? She won, so it forced match three, and I was like, I had to hit the road. So uh, they were wrestling as I was, you know, heading north. And I'd have pulled over. <laughs> honestly, pulled over. I want to say I watched match two on the way home. It was somewhere north of Syracuse. I had it on my uh, laptop, and I'm like, damn, I'm like, if I time this right, uh, they might wrestle by the time I get home. So, you know, an hour after I left Tully's, like Bo Nickel and David Taylor were just finishing up. So they would have wrestled right after, and I, I just missed it. But, yeah, Helen Morales uh, won over Jennifer Kent match three by fall in 24 seconds. She hit her, like, patented slide-by to a uh, foot sweep. Dude, that over-collar slide-by to a foot sweep. You know how many times I've watched the clip from the 2017 World Championships? And then the Final X, uh, I think it was 2019 Final X where she also hit it. Like I've, I, I just don't get why people collar tire anymore. Like, no. why would you walk to Helen Marulis and be like, "Yo, here you go," and then get foot swept to your back? And oh my goodness, I hope, it was I so hope people pretty. do it. You know, at the Olympics, because I love watching her do it. It's it's crazy. Oh god, yeah. You know, it, it's awesome. Um, you know, but yeah. And <laughs> Jennifer Kett, you know, I don't, I don't know if anybody knows her story or what. You know, she's from Long Island. She was adopted. And you know she, her her mom did everything for her. Her, her adoptive mother obviously um, took her to all kinds of camps, took her around the world, and said, "Listen, you're going to be great." And then last week before the trial, the week before the trials, her mom passed away. She goes on a run. I mean, she was the number one seed in the challenge tournament, I believe. Um, so she was she was supposed to make it there, and she did with two tech falls and a pin. But nobody, absolutely nobody expected her to even take a match off of Helen. The last time they wrestled was it was like it was a wrestle off to see who would go to Pan Am's to to try to qualify the weight and Helen pinned her. It was quick. It was, Helen just kind of took it down to Pinder. And here she is losing a close match that she had a chance to win the first round. She had a good shot to win that match. She ends up losing five three and then she pulls off a win and then comes out and Helen I mean we just talked about her right Helen just hit the nastiest thing but it was, you know, the whole storyline, the whole match, the whole series was just unbelievable. And, you know, the, the sportsmanship afterwards, you know, you know, it's not often we talk about sportsmanship and wrestling, right? right? For the most part, most of us are like, yeah, screw that guy, you know? But here we, Helen Marulis couldn't help but embrace Jenna right after. She just made an Olympic team, and here she is hugging her opponent saying, you know, everything's be fine, you know, you did a great job. And it just kind of shows you know, where we are as a sport and, and, and the family that we've created around us. Yeah, I agree. Um, there was a few different ones of sportsmanship. Obviously we, we saw Kyle Dake have his moment with J- JB. 
Um, and then, you know, Gwiz said something to Gable after he beat him and a few other ones were, were like, all right, you know, at the end of the day, there's sportsmanship and, and these guys and girls respect each other. So it was cool to see that. No doubt. Yeah. I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited, man. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, move up to 62 where another, uh, three match series here that ended in some drama one way or another. Um, Killer Miracle. The the heavy favorite at this point, she's beaten Macy Kilty three times in a row, I think, at this point. Macy's young. I think she's a college freshman. She trains out of the Tar Heel Wrestling Club. Um, she comes out. She loses a close – or she loses a match to Kayla Miracle, 8-4. It was competitive, but also, you know, kind of controlled for Kayla. Macy then wins round 2-4-3, forcing a third match. Comes right out, and she's defending – I believe it was a lace. She was defending a lace – and her shoulder I, I don't know if anybody else saw it I definitely saw it I know I know the kids on my team that was watching with me didn't see it but when she was posting out fighting it all of a sudden you see a little a little pop just a tiny little pop in her shoulder and I just knew from right there that, that was that was it she she was done but she's a killer yeah. Macy Kilty's the future one of the future girls on our of our, our program but Kayla America got the thing done yeah, and uh, so talking about the future, we'll move up to 68. Uh, Tamara Mensa-Stock, uh, she's obviously a beast, returning world champ. She got the job done over Kennedy Blades. She beat her 12-4 to and beat her 8-1. to But Kennedy Blades is a teenager, right? She is, she's 17. She's a high school junior. <laughs> yeah, so she she, oh, made, she beat Forrest Molinari in the Challenge Tournament Finals. Pit, teched her. She teched her. 11-1. So... She's a beast, right? And and Molinari's, you know, she's a stud in herself, right? Not and, only, uh, hold on, not only did she tech Forrest Molinari, she tech Kylie Welker the week before, who was in the finals of weight class above. Right, true, yeah. Um, That's nuts. And she's also another set. I mean, so, like, the future for, for this, these girls um, is crazy. But, yeah, Kennedy Blades had a great tournament. She beat Rachel Walters. She beat uh, Alexandria Glade. And then she beat Forrest to make the Olympic team trial finals. But yeah, Tamara Mensa stock was too much for, her. um, you know, she's, she's physically just a beast. Uh, Mensa stock is, but, uh, Kennedy blades, I'm excited to watch her again. She's 17 years old. She's going to be what? 20 years old for the, uh, next, um, Olympic yep. trials or whatever. Yep. You know, you know, these girls, Kylie Welker, Kennedy blades, Sage Mortimer, Macy Kilty, they're just adding fuel to our, our argument of, we should be wrestling freestyle from day one. Look what these girls are doing at 17 years old. Right? Yeah. Like, I get it's too late now, obviously. You can't go backwards and say, we're only going to wrestle folk style or freestyle. But, you know, these girls are prime examples of what would happen with our men's program if we're wrestling freestyle from day one. These girls are killing it. They're going to be phenomenal. And I cannot wait. Cannot wait for 2024 and 2028 for this female Olympic team because these girls are going to be killers. You think Japan's scary now? Mm. Yeah. This women's team's going to be nasty. I, I mean, we might as well talk about – well, we'll talk about 76, uh, and we'll get into the the, the girls that wrestled um, in Pennsylvania at the New York State uh, Journeyman's Tournament um, on Saturday. But, yeah, we'll talk about that when we get into the to that. But – uh. Some of those girls were just beasts um, as well, and it was exciting to see some of them compete. Like 
the the women's wrestling in New York State has definitely you know been on the the incline, and these these girls are are looking better, like their technique and like they're just they're coming out and they're they they look like beasts, right? Um, so it was kind of interesting to see like a couple of years ago when the first few tournaments started happening, and then and now um, there's a ton of girls and and they look they they're impressive. So it's fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. So moving up to 76 kilograms, um, we have Adeline Gray, right? She's she's a beast, multiple time world champ. She beat Kylie Welker, which again, Welker's only 17, 18 years old. Um, so Welker is definitely going to be the future of this sport. Adeline Gray, obviously, I don't, I don't know how many more years she's got, right? We talked about her, um, you know, she really is doing this because she's successful, not necessarily because she loves it. You know, I don't know whether that if that's true or, or what the whole deal I mean, that's is. That's what but, she says. She came right out and said it. Right. So obviously we have a pretty decent replacement, you know, when Adeline starts to go, Kylie, you know, in a year or two, she's going to be, she's going to be up there and she's going to be ready to win uh, some, uh, the medals. Over... I think Kennedy will be up there too, right? I mean, yeah, she's, they're, they're going to grow. Yeah. I, I yeah. can see that as well. Um, Kennedy's tall. Right. She right. got some size to put on. Um, yeah. You know, the, the crazy thing, Kylie Welker, she wrestled the last chance, 68 kilos. We talked about how Kennedy teched her in the finals of last chance. She comes in here as the 14th seed, the last possible seed. She tech falls Randy Belts, the number four seed, former world team member. She defeats uh, the number five seed, Yelena Mokayed, 11-4. She blanks the number one seed, Diamond Guilford, former world medalist, 8-0. to zero. Or, sorry, she's not a world medalist. She's a former um, world team member. And then defeats Victoria Francis, who is a former world medalist, 6-3, to three, at 17 years old. I, I mean, there's not much more to say, right? I've said a lot about, you know, where this is going to be take us, and I cannot wait to watch it. Yeah, it's uh, – I mean, obviously the team we have this year is, is it's pretty darn good, and they're going to they're gonna fight for some medals, and, and it's going to be us in Japan, I think. Um, Absolutely. But, you know, in the next few years, uh, we're loaded for bear, and it's going to be a fun next uh, few cycles for with the girls that we have coming through our uh, program. Cannot wait. Yeah, I mean, I can't either. So uh, that's, right, let's move to men's freestyle. Yeah, let's move to men's freestyle. This is fifty-seven kilograms. Oh yeah. Let's start. Let's start right. Uh, a match number one of the weekend. The crazy exchange, crazy match between Joe Cologne and Seth Gross. Did you get a chance to see that one? No, because that was. Uh going on while wrestling was happening on Friday, right? Yes, you're right. Yeah, so I obviously didn't get to watch it live. Um, I went back uh, that night right before the semis had started, and I went back and, and, you know, dragged it back. You know, it took me a while to find it, but I got there. It was nuts. Seth Gross got absolutely boned. It was terrible. And it wasn't even like, it wasn't, this is a situation where I could see them taking this arbitration and winning. Uh Uh-huh. So Seth Gross, Joe Cologne, there's a situation where um, they award Joe Cologne points because Seth, they went out of bounds, the ref blew the whistle, and Seth stopped wrestling. The whistle, the whistle blew. Should have been a step out. Joe Cologne didn't stop wrestling, put Seth Gross on his back for four. Now, the argument was the whistle blew. You can't score more points after the whistle blows. They threw the brick. The challenge was denied. And they were, and they gave Joe Cologne a point. Now, the reason it's a problem is because they challenged the whistle. There's no sound on the review, mm-hmm. so they couldn't 
they couldn't say if the whistle had blown. So you 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 tell the the athlete, we don't know if you're right or if we're right, but we're gonna tell you that you're wrong, and we're gonna give the other guy a point because we don't have access to what you want to challenge. That's not how that works. If you if you can't see if the camera doesn't follow the action in the in a situation. You give the brick back and say, sorry, you know, we can't see the action. It's not your fault. It's not yeah, our yeah. fault. Yeah. How is that any different than if they can't hear the whistle? Yeah, yeah. That, that, I mean, that's true. And they should have gave it back. But no, they give Joe Colon a point and they keep the brick. They don't give the brick back. It reminds me, like, so Virginia Beach Nationals, I think, they went to review a couple of years ago. Maybe three years ago, maybe. Two or three. Um, and, like, it was like $100 to review it or something like that. I don't know yeah. if you know this. Yeah. But uh I was watching it live on my laptop and Carter Bear was wrestling and in the camera obviously there's what 60 mats in Virginia Beach. They're they're all not manned, right? And the action went to the left and you couldn't see it like on the camera. So I knew they were gonna watch the same uh you know view that I just watched. So I sent like Joel a message. I was like, yo, coach, like this is uh you can't see this, like hold on to your hundred bucks. He didn't get it in time and he spent a hundred bucks and then they kept it because they couldn't watch it. They kept his money? Yeah, they were like, oh, we can't watch it. So I'm, I'm almost positive that they kept his money. I don't know if they, they did end up giving it back, but he spent $100 on something that he couldn't use. Uh, Dude, I lost my mind. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if it was 100 or 50 or 20 or whatever it was, but uh, it, it was nuts. I'm like, Dude, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. But, yeah, th- th- for the same thing, and this is in the Olympic team trials, right? This is yeah. This higher stage. This is nuts. Um, right. So so it actually is not even over yet. So at the end of the match, towards the end of the match, right, Seth Gross exposes Joe Cologne. Very clear, no doubt, exposed him. They didn't call it. But he doesn't have a brick to throw now because they kept his brick from something that shouldn't have been called the way it was anyways. And he loses the match on a, a bad call. But, right, there's a reason, you know, there's, there's a thing in place to stop refs from making bad calls with a challenge brick. But, oh, Bad call number two. They didn't give him his brick back when they couldn't, you know, hear the whistle on the video review. So Seth Gross got boned twice in, in one match. Um, that being said, don't leave him in the rough sand, obviously. But, yeah. man, at the Olympic team trials, you would think that's something I'm going to arbitration for. <laughs> <laughs> and after you see what Yanni went through and Yanni got the win there. Right. Yeah. I don't see why you don't try it, but obviously it's too late now. They wrestled a few more matches and it's over with. Yeah, but I mean, dang man, Seth Gross got absolutely screwed. Yeah, no, I I saw that on Twitter. I I that I wasn't able to do what you did. I guess. I mean, I guess I could have, but uh, there was a lot of stuff going on and trying to watch this and watch that and try to uh, just to get the feet on it in itself because we had, like I said, uh, twenty people coming into the room and we weren't entirely sure if we were going to be able to watch it until like the last second. But uh, we right. made it work. But I, I wasn't able to watch that match, so I was unfortunate. But uh, also in 57 kilograms down low, we had Vito. Uh, he took out NATO 3-2 to two in the quarterfinals. And then uh, Dayton Fix beat Sean Russell. So we, we were able to watch Vito versus Dayton Fix. And uh, as New, uh, a room full of New York guys, we were freaking pumped when, you know, Vito beat him 7-5. to five. Uh, That was awesome. That was yeah. so much fun to watch. You know, it came right after the Yanni loss to J.O. Yeah. And look back to, you know, what I talk about that roller coaster. I watch Yanni lose. I'm down low and I'm pissed off and I'm, I'm frustrated and I feel for Yanni. And then here we go, Dayton. Dayton Vito. 
and Vito knocks him off, which I called. I also called Vito beating Gilman, which didn't work. But I knew Vito had a chance to beat Dayton, and, I mean, it was a great match. Got out to a real quick 6-0 lead. And then, you know, I, I disagreed with this. I don't know why he took his foot off the pedal, but he took his foot off the pedal, which is exactly what happened two years ago when they wrestled, and Vito was up 8-0, ended up getting tacked. I'm not sure why he took his foot off the pedal here, but got the job done. Yeah, uh, after that match uh, with Fix, and, you know, Fix started to claw his way back, I'm like, dude, this this isn't going to work out if if he does this with Gilman. Um, but to, to make it to the finals, uh, Gilman... The first match, you know, Vito came out. He came out swinging, um, and then it was just too much. Gilman kind of, you know, put the pressure on him, and Vito kind of melted. Uh, he ended up getting the fall in 542. And then match number two, Thomas Gilman won 2-2 two to two criteria over Vito. So kind of unfortunate, but, uh, again, you know, Vito is another one of the young bucks. Um, what's really unfortunate was – Obviously, we, we didn't have Spencer Lee. He didn't have any ACLs, so he didn't have a plane ticket there. And, zero ACLs and, uh, and zero Olympic rings. Yeah, zero Olympic rings. And then we had Nikki, um, Olympic team member, Suriano. Um, Nikki COVID. Yeah, Nikki COVID. But he's going to make the uh, Italian Olympic team this year. Oh, he's not. No, he's not. I, I didn't see any uh, rumors about that, but, I mean, I'm starting it right now. So. Um, <laughs> nah. They, they know. That they sucks, know he man. Have COVID. Vito? No. Uh, Nikki Suriano. Oh, yeah. No, Nikki does not have COVID. He does not he have did, COVID. He did, but he did. Let him wrestle. That was weird. So, yeah. what happened, uh, if you don't know, he, he tested positive for COVID um, at the Olympic site, right? So, like, they had an Olympic site for COVID testing. He tested positive twice there, got a test off site, it was negative. So they gave him a chance to do a third site test that then again came back positive. Yeah. So that was where it was weird. Um, there was all day long I'm getting text messages saying, oh, he's out. Oh, JK, he might be back in. Oh, JK, he's out again. It was it was weird. Um, kind of like the other thing we're going to talk about in a little bit. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, I picked Seriano to make the team. I thought I still think he's the best the best option for America. I thought he was a better option than Spencer, but that being said, we haven't seen Spencer Russell, um, any international guys. So that's kind of more so having seen him do it. Unfortunately, here we are. Um, I can't say unfortunate. Thomas Gilman's a world civil medalist. He's not a bad option for us. He's got a shot to make, to make, uh, make a medal match, make a medal one way or another. If he gets a good draw or a good spot in the bracket, um, uh, I I think this is probably I don't know fourth best medal chance. Fourth, one, two, three. Four. Yeah, I think fourth or fifth. I yeah, I think him. I think him and Jay. We'll we'll talk about it at the end. Let's move yeah, up. Yeah. Yep. Move up sixty five. Um, we got Jo making the team at thirty one, thirty. 30. 30. He's 30. I think he'll be 31 for the Olympics. Okay. Um, he th- This bracket, as everybody knew coming in, uh, was definitely the most up-in-the-air bracket that we had. Everybody kind of knew, 
you know, who our contenders were at 57 and 74, 86, 97, and, and 125. But 65, there's there's Zane Rutherford, there's Joey McKenna, there's James Green, there's Jordan Oliver, there's Nick Lee. Molinero comes out of retirement that, you know, a lot of people didn't even know until three days beforehand. Evan Henderson, and, and then you got Yanni. Uh, this bracket was stacked from top to bottom. It was a ton of fun to watch. And, uh, man, it started off with, you know, Evan Henderson, Frank Molinero, and I, I thought that would be a closer match having Frank been, you know, retired for a while. Yeah. Uh, Frank kind of dominates Evan there. And then Yanni got us all excited. All excited. We're like, man, this is a different Yanni. This Yanni's going to walk through this tournament. Tech falls Frank Molinero for the second time and then runs into Jordan Oliver. Yeah, so he beats Molinero, and then Molinero leaves his shoes on the mat, which, again, like, within the last 12 months, Molinero retired. Um, to be fair, he didn't get his shoe ceremony the first time. No, and I that's why I was like, all right, well, him doing it now, um, it, it means a lot, right? He he did get a win. He, he beat Evan Henderson. Breaking um, news. Chemdog. Staying for another year. Let's go. I'm waiting on some text. People better hit me up on that one. Derek Spann also. Um, obviously, we, we talked about him being um, injury-ridden and not having the greatest year this year. But uh, I saw Buffalo said that they have a few guys coming back for their, their super senior year, which, I mean, I guess it makes sense if they're going to be in college anyways. Might as well get that doctorate. All right. Um, but, sorry. But, back back to your regularly, regularly scheduled Olympic team trials review. Yes. Uh, so Yanni beat Molinero. He got the shoe ceremony. That was awesome. Yanni made the semifinals. He wrestled Jordan Oliver. That's where we had a room full of broken hearts. Um, Dude. Oh, I was so mad. So upset. <laughs> One of my athletes was actually going for J.O. And I thought I was going to kill him because he was talking so much smack before the match. And then J.O. gets that push out. And I lost my mind. I was pissed. You know, I'm sure everybody in that room was pissed. Broken oh, hearts God. going around. Six seconds left. Tie. Losing on criteria. But, man, I thought I thought this kid was going to say something. I'm glad he didn't because I, I probably would have done something I shouldn't have done because I was you, mad. Did you bring him to Pennsylvania or did he have a different ride? Nope. I was his ride. So he might have got stuck there. He could have left his ass, man. He might have got stuck there. <laughs> We got home. We got home before the trials finals. We were all getting ready to go to, uh, you know, where we usually have our little get-togethers, and he uh, he chose not to come. But he sent me a text message saying, "Go JL," and I'm like, "Boy, I'm gonna kill you." <laughs> Wait till the next practice, boy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Give him a little whooping. He's but, a big uh, JL fan. Though. He so J O, he made the finals, which you know, I yes, I it doesn't matter. I'm a Joey McKenna fan too, but because uh, Joey McKenna went to he went to Blair and. One of my good friends in Governor, his cousin wrestled for Blair as well. Um, so their their grandma, um, you know, always talks about Joey every time I see her, and and you know him being like a young little pop, I guess, back when he wrestled. So uh, it's just kind of cool to see where he he's gone with his career, right? Shout out Stanford, you had another Olympic team trial finalist, um, even though he didn't graduate there. But regardless, yeah, he decided um, to be a Buckeye. Yeah, uh, but you know, up top, Joey McKenna beat James Green. Um, in the quarterfinals to make the semis, it, it was kind of crazy, right? James Green, he's been on multiple world teams for us, but at 70 kilograms, he's down to 65. And then, uh, you know, we got Zane Rutherford. He he knocks off Zane in the semis to make the finals. I did not see that happening. 
Ah, man, I don't think anybody saw it happening. No. Nobody saw anything in this bracket happening other than it was possible to see J.O. winning it, right? Nobody would have said, no, there's no way J.O. wins this bracket. But, like, that was the only thing that somebody thought was possible, even frontside or backside. Right. This yeah. bracket was nuts. I mean, even Evan Henderson teching Anthony Ashnall was surprising. Yeah, and, and like, the backside with Nick Lee, he made the run over Zane Rutherford and beat Yanni. Um, Dominated both of them. Yeah. Not None of those matches were very close. And to think Jordan Oliver controlled Nick Lee and then be front side. I mean, this whole bracket was nuts. Jordan Oliver controlling Nick Lee, Nick Lee beating Yanni and Zane, Yanni losing, Joy McKenna beating Zane Rutherford. Man. This this weight is like, as you, as you said, though, like Nashawn Garrett, he's a final X. He, he, made, he was a world team member. I mean, but then he got hurt, right, in 2019. That's a 57 kilogram still. And uh, Frank, he was a 2016 rep for um, Olympic team. And then you had Zane that's made world teams and, and James Green. And it just – this way is crazy. National team is three guys who's never made a team before. Yeah. Yanni has wins over world silver medalists. Yeah, right? That's just bizarre. He beat both bronze medalists last year. Last year, he beat both bronze medalists the same year they were bronze medalists. Yeah. And he's that's not on the national team. Nope, not on the national Unreal. Team. Unreal. Unreal. All right, I think we beat a dead horse here. I think we did, but that just sucks. But uh, shout out to Jordan Oliver. He needs to qualify the weight. Hopefully, he gets yes, he will be in Bulgaria, uh, May fifth and sixth. I think it is. Yeah, it's about a month away. Yeah, I believe it's May fifth and sixth. He'll be in Bulgaria. He's got to qualify the weight. There's some tough, tough names that still need to be that are going to be there. Kanchikis really is one of them. Hmm. Um, I, uh, I don't remember exactly the rest of them. I'm sure before before it comes up, I'll have a better list for you. I know Kanchikis really still needs to qualify. And that that's a tough task there. So, well, how about we talk about something brighter um, than you, you, want, you want to talk about the bright bright spot of it, or like the, the bright spot of the night before? Because that was crazy too. We let's talk about the natural light. All right, the natural the light. natural so, light brightness that is so, Kyle Dake. The um, Kyle Dake team Kyle Dake. So up at seventy four kilograms. Uh, challenge tournament. Um, we had. Jason Nolf, he was up top. He wrestled David Carr in the semis. He beat uh, David Carr 10-0. to And down low, we had Chance Marsteller knocking off Vincenzo Joseph. We had Evan Wick beating Thomas Gant. And then Wick beat Marsteller, which um, back on the pit card, uh, Marsteller beat Wick, right? That was a tech fall. Got to his legs, wrapped him up, got their job done. So poor Wick wrestles Kyle Dake, right? Kyle Dake was on a mission. Um, he was he gets the job done, 10-0, to makes it quick. And then we had Kyle Dake. And this was like the last match, right? Because this was the yeah. challenge tournament finals. Dake had it, had to wrestle a semifinal match that night and then had to wrestle challenge tournament finals. We wrestled Jason Nolf. And uh, wow, that was Did nuts. he wrestle Jason Nolf? He, he didn't did really. He I mean, he, put, he picked him up and put him down. Picked him up, put him down, gutted him up, walked off the mat. And it yeah. was not, it was, it was, it was pretty for us. Right. Uh, we all went nuts, and then it wasn't so pretty for one Mr. Jason Nolf, who is on the national team after beating Evan Wick in this true second match. He might oh, be concussed, too. He, Man, that was mean. Yeah. Like, why did Kyle put him through the earth? He couldn't just put him on the earth? He had to put him through the earth? I think Kyle wanted to make a point. I mean, when they when they wrestled on the on the NLWC card, everybody was like, oh, Kyle Dake has no offense. Jason Nolf has a, has a chance to beat him. Just kidding, guys. Kyle Dake said not not happening. Yeah, 
And uh, so Kyle Dake set that match up with Jordan Burroughs, um, you know, match number 20 uh, or whatever it is. They've, they've wrestled a crap load of times in, in the last two, since 2013, 2012, whatever it has been. Um, yeah, so Kyle Dake, Kid Dynamite versus Jordan Burroughs. All I see is gold. Olympic team trial finals. Uh, match one, Dake gets the job done. Shutting out Jordan Burroughs. The first time Jordan Burroughs had been shut out, I believe, in the two, 206 um, international matches or the, uh, yeah, the, the his entire career. He's never been shut out in a freestyle match. What? He's never been shut out in a freestyle match. Never, ever. So they're like I said, it was like 206 matches. Uh, first time he got shot out. So crazy, right? And I was feeling good. Shot clock points, like that's just unreal to think about. Like, yeah, Jordan Burroughs, possibly the greatest offensive wrestler of all time, maybe Sands John Smith. Couldn't score a point. Yeah, no, he couldn't score a point, and like he got to Kyle Dake's legs, but he obviously respected Dake, and I mean, obviously Dake's defense, even if if you're in on his legs, is a whole different animal, and uh, Dake just was so comfortable. And th- you know the spot where like he was in like a crotch lift position, and and like Dake just teabagged him. Yeah, <laughs> you notice that. Yeah. He just like bounced on his head. He yeah, just, he was like, bouncing on his head, but like teabagging him in the same. Oh time. yeah, he was absolutely. He absolutely was just teabagging him to troll the shit out of him in the middle of the match. Yeah, yeah. I hundred percent believe he did that, knowing exactly what he was doing. I can imagine he did. Yeah, he wasn't trying to put extra pressure. No, he wasn't trying trying to kind of push. He was straight up trolling this kid in the middle of freaking Olympic trials finals. But when he wanted to go, he went. Right, like his his yeah. motion, right? He was like Muhammad Ali. He was light on his feet. He was so unpredictable, and uh, you know, it, it, he, Jordan Burroughs didn't have any answers for it. Right, he couldn't get to any offense, and uh, how they got the job done. He made the Olympic team. This first yeah. time in like since 2011, well, 2010, right? He made the first team in in 11. Jordan Burroughs, yeah, his first his first team was 2011. 11, yeah. So the first time since 2010, yeah. So uh, that he hasn't made um, Olympic or World teams. So shout out, kid Dynamite. Yeah, you know, the I put this out on Twitter, but my analysis of this match was was, you know, watching it. What makes Jordan Burroughs so good isn't exactly his speed, right? It's his timing. His timing is impeccable. He always knows exactly when to shoot and where to shoot and how, and how to finish. You can't time something that is unpredictable. And that was, I'm, I, I haven't talked to Kyle. I haven't talked to anybody in the Cornell camp about it. But I'm almost positive that his whole point of his motion and his head movement and his hand fighting was to be as unpredictable as humanly possible. And, and you could see it. He was motioning left. He was motioning right. He would drop to his knees randomly. You know, he would touch him randomly. It was very unpredictable of what he was going to do. And and Jordan, you could see it. He he just didn't know when to shoot or or how to get to where he wanted to be. And anytime, anytime he would shoot, he was just trying to create some kind of wrestling action. I don't think he shot specifically to finish because it just wasn't happening. He he didn't know when to shoot. And at, at some point he just got frustrated and flustered and said, I just need to grab a leg and see what I can do. And once you grab his leg, if you if you're not in a clean finishing motion on Kyle Dake, you're in a chest wrap, yeah. which is exactly what happened every time Jordan touched his leg. He ended up in a chest wrap, 
and Kyle, I mean, Kyle's killer from there, and Jordan knew that. Jordan knew if he brought his hips up even a little bit, he was going he was going for a ride. And if you can't, if you don't know how to finish a shot on Kyle Dake, you're not going to beat Kyle Dake because you're not you're not pushing him out, you're not beating him in a push out contest. Mm-hmm. He. That's the other thing. Kyle Dake might be the best wrestler on the edge in the world. Yeah, people yeah. try. To, you know, you know how people you know the grounding rule. Everybody's gaming the grounding rule. You can't game the grounding rule on Kyle Dake. He drives you to your feet. He did it to Chenzo. He did it to Jason Nolf in their match. And he just did it to Jordan Burroughs, the greatest wrestler in the world. We talked about that. The one he did it with uh, Chenzo. I mean, it might have been Nolf. I don't know. It was one of those two, though. It was that night. And uh, we're like, man, like, they were starting to play that uh, out-of-bounds rule, the grounding rule. And Dake brought him up to the feet and got the push out. And once he did that to Jordan, I'm like, man, like, here we go. Like, he, this is exactly what he wanted to do. And, uh, you know, he, he's able to do it to Jordan Burroughs and get that point and control him. Um, from there on, I'm like, you know, Kyle Diggs got this. And it yes, was just he, weird. It was just that moment where he was able to pick him up and just, you know, push him out. I'm like, all right. You know, I felt that much more better that Kyle Diggs was going to win the match. Yeah. The moment for me was, the moment for me was uh, Jordan took a double leg and had Kyle's feet together. Both feet were, were clearly together. And Kyle just found a way to get his feet apart, get his hips back, and ended up right back in that chest wrap position. And it, that that was the moment for me that I was like, Kyle Diggs on the Olympic team. There's no yeah, way. Yeah. Jordan has no answers for him. Yeah. How do you get both feet together, clearly together, and not finish a shot? Uh, I mean, obviously you're wrestling Kyle Diggs is the answer, but you know, in general you see that and you're like, oh, that, that's takedown. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, Kyle Dake, um, he, I, I, we talked about that too, I think. I don't know if we said it on, on uh, the podcast or not, but we, we definitely texted about it. Like a certain someone's dad, you know, kind of recruited against him just to see like to, to help him find a way like, hey, how, how would you beat me if, um, you know, scout me and, and tell me how you're going to beat me. And, uh, and maybe that's kind of what it was. Like don't be so predictable um, and change it up. And that's kind of how he was. And, he obviously got the job done, so. Right, for sure. Good shit. All right. 86. Imagine. I mean, this was kind of a this was this was the one way where it's like, all right, David, do your thing. Let's get it out. Let's get out of here. Yeah, I mean, right. We we saw a few. Uh, what was it? Like a month and a half, two months ago, maybe. Uh, Dave Taylor beat Gabe Dean. Close match, and uh, I don't know. I guess you know when the lights are on, David Taylor's gonna come out and he's gonna get the job done, and that's obviously what he did, right? He beat Brett Farr, Tech Fall. He beat Gabe Dean in the semis, and then he met up with Bo Nickel, um, which is an also a Nittany Lion guy. Obviously, everybody knows that. So it was kind of funny to see those two wrestle each other. I remember back when Bo went there on like a recruiting visit or whatever, and like David Taylor was the the head, the big guy on campus, right? He was he was a, a college guy at the time. Um, maybe just getting ready to leave and Bo comes in and th- there was a picture of them two on campus when Bo just got there right I think it was on a, their visit but uh, here they are wrestling for an Olympic team spot um, seven years later whatever it is it's crazy yeah you know um, you know back up a little bit the, the the best match of the tournament in my opinion was Bo Nichols Zahid Valencia yeah um, that was so much fun to watch. It was actually funny. So um, I got two screens going. I got my laptop and I got the HDMI connected to the TV. And we're watching the the Matt 2 
that is on you know on TV up here, and we're watching the other mats down on my laptop. And for some reason, NBC didn't want Bo Nichols and Heath Valencia on national television. Don't ask me why, but that's what they did. Two, three-time national, well, should be three-time national champions. Somebody had to do, you know, get caught with drugs. But anyways, Zahid Valencia Bo Nichols match was so much fun. It was 5-5. Zahid's winning with short time. I think it was like 15 seconds left. Bo Nichols scores a takedown to go up on criteria. 7-5. And then Zahid with 15 seconds left, within two seconds of the restart, in real deep, head outside, lefty Kai crotch, and Zahid, or Bo Nickel does what Bo Nickel does with his weird-ass hips and his crazy moves. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys call it? Chin whip, right? Chin whip? It was pretty much chin whip, right? Like, JV freshman bullcrap that we tell all of our kids, no, don't do that, that's trash, it doesn't work, are now going to come to me on Sunday when we start practices again and say, hey, coach, thought you said this doesn't work. Thanks a lot, Bo Nickel. You had to go do that to Zahid freaking Valencia. Score four points and make it to the Olympic final, Olympic trials finals. And then he spanks him. <laughs> Spangate. Spanked him three times. Yeah, Dude, how would you feel if you were, how would you feel if you were uh, Zahid Valencia? Yeah, I, not very good. I mean, I, I would have had to throw hands. I, you would think, right? I mean, I, I would not be able to stand up and just shake this dude's hand. Like, uh-uh. You ain't spanking me on national television and, and just getting away with it. I don't we, care. We, we all went nuts. Um, Obviously, like, it was a huge moment, right? He, he chin-whipped him, and then, um, you know, in, in the next five, ten seconds, um, he spanks him on the ass a few times. And uh, that was the, the talk of the – talk of the room and then you know and the next day at the uh the journeyman new york state tournament every time you saw somebody you were like oh you watched the wrestling last night yeah did you see uh you know bo nickel spanking zahid <laughs> after he beat him just like it's spank gate so it was funny so um we're watching the so like i said we had two screens and up here was one match and we would see the crowd go nuts on this screen and we're like wait wait, wait what's about to happen down here so then we looked down here. About five seconds later, something crazy happens. It was it was Bo scored his takedown, and then we see the crowd go nuts again. And we're like, wait a minute. We figured you know Bo scores a takedown, match is over, no big deal. So then we see the crowd go off, and I look at I look at Zach Levy, and I said, what do you think is gonna happen? He goes, I guarantee you, Bo scores again. I said, Nah, he's on a leg. Zahid gets in deep. I'm like, told you so. And then Bo throws him on his back. I'm like, oh come on. That's the same thing that I saw because you could only see the fans' reaction from the, uh, right. the main screen we were watching. Right. And I'm like, damn. And then obviously they replayed that, but oh, man, it sucked. It is what it is. Um, but we got that the finals match: David Taylor versus Bo Nickel, two guys that wrestle each other. You know, obviously, I don't know how much they wrestle each other in the room, but uh, th- again, they've been in state college for the last six, seven years together, and. Uh, it just seemed like David Taylor knew everything Bo probably had, you know, right? Like the the tricks and all that stuff. He just had had the answer for it. Yeah, you know, this is um, this whole screw it, you know. I guess breaking news: uh, yes. Pat Mineo, Pat Mineo just tweeted out uh, Max Dean is on the move. Ooh, uh, I'm not sure what to make of that. He also says Michigan might get him and Shane Griffith. Shane Griffith, I thought, was either going to look at Michigan or UNC, so that would make sense. I believe yeah, those I, were the two options. Yeah, that's what I heard too. Um, and Brookie is Pat also Brookie, Michigan, yeah, he, so yeah. 
holy f- crap, man. That's that's, that's crazy, big. man. That's big. Big. I want to know more. Yeah. But well. uh, anyways, back to David Taylor. Let's uh, let's get into some of this Penn State stuff. David Taylor gets a job done. He kind of, in a way, big brothered him, but not necessarily in a way where like he controlled him. It was more of a, hey, I know your tricks. Um, you know, they're not going to work on me. Um, so, yeah. And, you know, the one thing I noticed, you know, obviously, you know, David controlled the match. I don't did Bo even score a point. No, it was four zero six zero. So yeah. So the one thing I noticed when when the match was all over, these guys are teammates, right? Yeah. You, you know, you look at uh, you know how the way Helen and Jenna reacted, or yeah. Colin Moore and, and Kyle, Kyle Snyder reacted. It wasn't that with Bo and, and David Taylor. You know, I didn't think there was heat here, but now I'm kind of thinking there's heat here. Yeah. Um, I I just I don't. I didn't understand that. I, th- I figured they would be chill, but I guess not. Yeah, no, I mean, Bo Nickel stormed off the mat, and he was not happy. But, uh, you know, I don't know what that says, right? I mean, David Taylor, I mean, that, that that's going to happen, right? You have all these guys, these these loaded, tough guys that, at that weight, right? It's the same thing with if Nolf and Chenzo, right? I mean, you've got two of the best guys in the room at that weight, like, Obviously, one of you guys are, are going to win. Yeah. I, no. I know their mindset. Obviously, they're competitors, and, and they want to win. But I don't know. You, you had to think that you, you weren't going to beat David Taylor if you've wrestled them. I mean, maybe they haven't wrestled in a room. Maybe that's – I don't know. Well, I think I heard somebody say somewhere before they hadn't wrestled since before when – um. so when David Taylor tore his ACL yep. and they didn't really tell anybody. They didn't even tell Bo. Oh, yes. Right, so he didn't have I a think, chance. I, right, I think when uh, when that happened was when they stopped practicing because mm. Bo could have gone eighty six. Yep. He would have won the team. I mean, look what he did to Pat Downer this weekend. He teched him. Eighty three, and yeah. he had him made the team. And honestly, he had a really good shot to medal, and he, they didn't tell him. Which why would you? Why would you give him a chance to go medal and then take control of the position? So then you have to wrestle the challenge tournament but i think at that point uh bo nickel said or one of them i don't know which one but one of them said we ain't we ain't practicing partners no more yeah we ain't friends exactly <laughs> so uh david taylor magic man makes a team him and kyle dake it's awesome to see obviously they have a long history together and um yeah that's uh they're gonna be looking for olympic golds over in tokyo in a few months so Let's move up to 97 kilograms. Um, obviously, there's a little bit to talk about at this weight, and that kind of pertains to Jaden Cox not making weight on time. This whole on-time thing, I don't care about. You you didn't make weight, okay? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, obviously, everybody go, who are you? You know, this is Jaden Cox we're talking about. Yeah, you're right. It is Jaden Cox talking about. Two-time world champ, four-time world medalist, world Olympic medalist. Didn't know when weigh-ins were. And at 804, four minutes after scales closed, he was over by 0.4. He was overweight four minutes after after scales closed. Then he goes out, he's sprinting, comes back 10 minutes later at 814, and he's on weight. No, you didn't make weight. Yep. Weigh-ins ended at 8 o'clock. And I don't care if your coach is Kevin Jackson and he's a USA Wrestling employee. He's your he's your coach, okay? He is not 
you know, at that point, it doesn't matter if he's a USC wrestling employee. He's a developmental coach. He works for the cadets and juniors. He's not the senior level coach. And, and you know, you, I hope they don't get anything out of this, right? And you know what? Jaden's a great wrestler. I love watching him wrestle. He's always had a great character and he's a great person. But you don't get special treatment when you're 15 minutes late to weigh in. Now, if there's a rule that says, you know, you can weigh in late, you pay a fine, you do this, you do that, and you still get to wrestle, whatever. Obviously, we all know there's no advantage to weighing in late. There's a, you know, it's a disadvantage to weigh in late because now you have less time to recover. Okay? Obviously, he wasn't wrestling until 6 p.m. or 7 p.m., whatever it was over there. But, you know, I, I don't see that. I don't overall see an issue with you weighing in 15 minutes late. But the rule says weigh-ins end at 8 o'clock. Yeah, um, obviously the, the rules for a reason, right? They're not meant to be broke. It. I saw something, I think I shared like five, four or five years ago on Facebook, and it was like the pitchers, the, the, the plate, the, the batter's plate, right? Um, the strike zone, whatever the plate, it's 17 inches in peewees, 17 inches in modified, 17 inches in in uh, junior high, varsity, college pros like that the plate i'm pretty sure is the same size from little league to the professionals so you know they've got to follow that same you know the, the plate right like it was just something where like you're not going to bend the rules and 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 make stuff different just because you're a professional and you're you're at the top of your game for this um and i i understand it. it's it's not a great situation but you got to know stuff, right? And, and it's the same thing I heard that Tamara Mensa stock. She was rather, she wasn't late, but she was pushing it um, for weigh-ins. Um, and she, she made the cutoff, obviously, but she was like five, ten minutes. Um, luckily, she was down on weight, I guess, but it's crazy. Yeah, that's the other part of it. Like, you know, I know a lot of D1 schools, they typically show up to weigh-ins. They show up to the venue a pound, maybe two pounds over because they always get a workout in beforehand, right, right? right? But he showed up at 7, was it 7.40, I think I heard. Showed up at 7.40. Um, if you're going to show up at 7.40, you better be on weight. Even if you think weigh-ins are at 8. Yeah. Right? If the D1 schools, they're showing up an hour and a half, two hours before weigh-ins to get their workouts in to get that last bit of weight off. You're not showing up 20 minutes before weigh-ins start. Yeah, you didn't have off. a match right away, right? Like... Right, you could have, you know, got that good workout in in the morning, um, you know, made weight, and then obviously do what you're gonna do until you, you have your next match or your your trials finals match, um, or semis, whatever it was. But uh, I don't know, I don't understand it. It's, it's crazy. But anyways, 97 kilograms without Jaden Cox, we've got Colin Moore as the one seed. Uh, he beats Braxton Amos, started off. Then he beats Ty Walls to make the Challenge Tournament Finals. And down low, we've got Mike Machiavello beats Fast Twitch Ferrari 3-1. to one. Um, Mike Mock's man strength was too much for Ferrari, I believe. And uh, then down low, we had Hayden Zilmer beating Ben Hannes. Mike Mock got the job done, won 2-2 two two on Criteria over Zilmer. And then in the finals, we had Colin Moore getting a tech over Mike Machiavello. So, I don't know. It might have just been wishful thinking I don't know like I thought after Colin Moore did that to Mike Machiavelli I'm like all right he's gonna wrestle his past teammate and he's gonna be coached by the guys that coached Kyle 
you know, Kyle Snyder. I'm like, maybe he can keep this kind of close with um, Kyle Snyder. Obviously, he did not, but. Yeah, you know, I was I was making jokes with my with my uh, so so for the finals we had uh, my my alumni my college kids came back into town and we watched the finals together, and uh, we were making jokes about it was Kyle, it was Kyle Snyder beating up on Colin Moore punishing him for losing to Anthony Kassar in the dual meet <laughs> against Penn State that one year. And the second one, the second match was he was being punished because he made uh he made Kyle have to try to throw Nick Nevels or Seth Nevels because they, <laughs> they needed a pin to win the duel. <laughs> yeah, I mean this was a match where you it was definitely like a big brother thing. Like you know, Kyle Moore is obviously pretty good and in, in, but Kyle Snyder just like he had the the man strength and it was just like he wasn't toying with him necessarily, but. The first match, Tech ten to zero. The second match, obviously, was a little different. It was five to one, but it was still controlled by Snyder. Um, but this was more of like a, and they're both in a sense big brother, right? They're they're used to each other, just like Bo and uh, Dave Taylor, I guess, kind of were. But yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, you know, these guys clearly had some kind of respect for each other, though. So yeah, it, it was a it was a little different, but um, these guys. It's Kyle Snyder. If if Jaden Cox is in the bracket, you know it's it's Snyder winning that weight. I gotta say something. Uh, you know, shout out Travell Delagnev. He did some great things for the Ohio RTC and Ohio State University. Uh, this was, I think, his last competition. That not unless, yeah. I mean, I would assume this is his last competition. I assume he transfers and transitions over to Nebraska RTC. Um, but right, he he coached Kyle Snyder in the last Olympics. And uh, he coached him on multiple world teams. And then, you know, Colin Moore, this was his kind of his last shot at, you know, furthering his um, his run as a coach for the Ohio RTC. So uh, they don't have anybody, you know, making it to the Olympics. So. Yeah, you know, Logan Stieber, I believe, is going to be the guy that steps in yep. for Travell. So it's not like they're losing one and gaining a little less. Logan Stieber's a world champion. So it'll right. be good for the program. Uh, also, four-time national champ, obviously, might help out with some recruits, but a little bit. Um, Travell's gonna be a big hit. He's been great. Yeah. Speaking of Travell Delagnev, the guy who held down this weight class for so long, Ooh, 125 kilograms. Nick Wisdowski, two-time world bronze or no, one-time world bronze medalist. No, he's two-time. Yeah. Okay, I was right. Two-time world yeah. bronze medalist. Um, qualified the weight last year at Worlds. Um, gets dethroned by by the twenty year old WWE superstar In Gable Stevenson. Yeah, yeah. Gable, yeah. fucking awesome, man. I was uh, south of Syracuse on eighty one near like Lafayette, and that's when I turned my laptop on. I'm like, I'm not missing this. Like, luckily the the it didn't start at seven thirty exactly. It started like a little after because that's when the uh, the national anthem started and all that stuff. Um. But I watched the tail end of that the first match. I'm like, damn, like Gable just tacked him 10-0. This is not looking good. And then of course he beats him in the second match, 10 to 4. Right. Like I said, Nick Wazdowski said something to Gable. You know, whispered something into his ear. I think they have more have more of a respect for each other than like, you know, Gable seems to party on other people. Um, but not so much against Nick, I don't think. No, I think well, I think it's a respect thing, right? Like it's right. uh you know, it's Gable knows Gwiz is good. Gable, you know, 
when Gable's wrestling against Tanner Hall or Gable's wrestling, I, I mean, even when he was wrestling Paris, like, he was never in any danger. He knew mm-hmm. he could party a little bit. But you party on Nick Wisdowski, you're getting leg laced. You know yeah. I mean, like, Gwiz has a good lace. Yeah. And if you let him on top and he locks that up, it's you, you could be losing that match all of a sudden. I- I feel for Nick in a, in like in a way just because like last year at this time I think Nick's still the man, right? Gable has definitely improved a lot in this last year. Um, I think Gwiz is the man last year and like had the Olympics gone like when they were supposed to, Nick was probably an, uh, an Olympic team member, you know. So yeah, like you, you got to think a, a year um, later in transitioning and like and people getting better and like some of these young guys, right? He would have been 19 at the time, which you know. It, it, he was 18 when he lost to Nick in Final X, um, but just Nick Nick Wazowski. I think I think he could have made the Olympic team last year. It is what it is. Gable's obviously the man. He's young. He's hopefully stays in the sport longer than we think he's going to. But yeah, I mean, here's the thing. You know, you could feel bad for Nick Wazowski. Um, Gable's got one year left. In my opinion, he's gone after this season. Everybody, I mean, maybe maybe he finishes his, his um, diploma at Minnesota next year, but I think this is his last freestyle season. I think he, if he comes back to Minnesota, he finishes his year and then he goes right into WWE. But I personally believe after the Olympics, he's going to the WWE. There's, I mean, Paul Heyman just tweeted out about him. Vince McMahon tweeted out about him after he made the Olympic team. They're pushing for Gable Stevenson to be the next big thing. And he's already close to Brock Lesnar. You know how easy it is to get put over the WWE when your best one of your best friends is Brock Lesnar? Yeah. He he comes in and debuts against Brock Lesnar and beats Brock Lesnar. All of a sudden he's a superstar. You know, I, I, I don't know how many people I mean, I don't we probably don't have a ton of WWE fans on, you know, on here, but I know I grew up watching WWE and that that's the biggest, easiest way. You know, you get John Cena to, to lose to you or or you get Roman Reigns to lose to you and all of a sudden you're a superstar. And that's all it's going to take. And I don't think Brock Lesnar will have any issues taking that loss to Gable Stevenson to help him out and become a superstar in the WWE. Yeah. I mean, it'll take that, that win to uh, make him like skyrocket, you know, into that um, WWE superstar um topic you know but uh yeah he's definitely capable of doing it i think it's going to help if he wins an olympic gold in tokyo for sure though well yeah i mean that's kind of what got kurt angle his big deal with I a mean, broken freaking neck with a broken freaking neck exactly <laughs> right uh he won the olympics in 92 and then vince mcmahon said here's a million dollars yeah i swear to god i swear to god that's what happened he won the olympics and vince mcmahon said here's a million dollars come be a superstar and he turned it down Damn. Kurt Angle turned it down and then set, came back about a year later and said, is that option still open? And Vince said, nah, you got to work for it now. And uh, obviously it worked out for him, Rob. But yeah. Yeah. that Olympic gold medal is what gave him the in for WWE. So uh, that, that the Olympic gold medal for Gable is going to be huge. And then having a good friend in uh, Brock Lesnar, even bigger. Yeah, it's a recipe for success right exactly. there. Exactly. I'm telling you, he wins the Olympics, he's gone. Yeah, No doubt in my mind. No doubt, I, I I agree with you 100. It, it's uh, kind of interesting just to just see like we have a guy, we have several guys that are in the um in that category, like AJ Ferrari, right? Like he's kind of on the same trajectory, flexing at baseball games and all that stuff. Um, yeah, but that about covers it for the Olympic team trials. We have a a solid team going for men's freestyle. 
uh, women's freestyle. We have a bunch of studs that look to, should be getting medals for us in uh in the men's Greco. So that's a uh, it'll be a fun few months for uh, them to train and you know transition into the uh, uh, national team camps and all that stuff that are going on out in Colorado. Yeah, you know I'm excited for our women's and our men's teams. Um, I'd not you know I'll be the realist here. I'm not sure we're ready to beat japan and russia they're both man that japan team's nasty and the russian team is really 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 good um i'm hopeful but i'm not i'm not quite there yet maybe maybe in a couple months after we get our tune-up tournament in or we see a little bit more russia competing uh you know i'll feel a bit better but we got to get 65 qualified before I can really, you know, get super excited. And that's not going to be easy. J.O. can do it, but it won't be easy. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously still some hurdles that we have to go through to uh, get our, our full team um, qualified for Tokyo. So I've got faith, um, but yeah, that's just the American in me. So. Right. Yeah. Um, how about we get into the New York State championships that Journeyman hosted over the weekend? Let's do it. Let's Yo, do it. So, that was so uh, much fun. Yeah, so as you guys know, Frank Papalizio, shout out Frank. Um, he retweeted a lot of my stuff that I put on Twitter, um, even stuff that on Facebook. Uh, he put on this event with Journeyman, um, Journeyman Rudis, New York State Youth High School and Freestyle Championships. They're held at the Spooky Nook Event Center, Events Arena, whatever the thing was. The friggin' thing is huge, right? I've never gone to any events there. Dude, I love it. Yeah. I love that place. Yeah. I mean, we were just in a small area of the the facility, and there yeah. was fourteen, 14 mats, mats. And there was, you Dude. could put a lot of mats in there. Fourteen, and we only had one strip of right. the area, right? You, oh, man, I walked my boys, so my sons were down there because they were my one son wrestled in the youth tournament, and uh, I walked them around to show them the place, and I I didn't realize how big it was because I've been down there twice now. The first time I didn't realize how big it was. There's like three baseball diamonds inside that place. Yeah. And they have an American Ninja Warrior course. Like it was, it was so much. It was so big. It was so much fun. Yeah, it was awesome to uh, to experience that. And uh, I'm I'm excited to drive down. I mean, it was a it wasn't a bad six hour drive down to uh, to Lancaster. To be honest with you, uh, I didn't mind it. I, mean, at all. I hated it. I had screaming kids in the back seat. So. <laughs> I was I was just by myself, just, just chilling. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, let's get into it. Um, a few things, like you said, there was 14 mats. Uh, the event center was was pretty big. Um, the, the only thing with the 14 mats was, I mean, there's a lot of studs wrestling, right? So mat one and mat 14 aren't close to each other. Um, so it was kind of difficult to maybe, if, if my guy was just finishing on mat one and there was a stud wrestling on mat 14, I couldn't get down there to watch. So there was a few, uh, I missed quite a few matches just because of that. The whole uh, presentation kind of sucked. Um, I kind of get why. Obviously, Frank's trying to get fit a whole other tournament in on Saturday, so he's trying to get through everything. But it would have been nice to you know have the semis on two mats and the finals on one mat, or even finals on on one mat or two mats, whatever. But you know, I know I got to watch two finals matches. I got to watch two finals matches. Um, sucks because there was other kids that I wanted to watch that were in the finals that I had to hear about later, but. Uh, that that was kind of the only bad part. Um, it's gonna kind of also make it a little difficult to talk about, but um, 
we can give yeah. it a shot. Let's let's move on to uh, 99 pounds. Yeah, and kind of what we thought would happen here happened, right? The number one, the number two, or what we thought it would be. Um, Diamini and and Florence made the finals uh, with Diamini winning six to two and kind of controlled victory there. Yeah, but how about those English brothers from Journeyman? Yeah, man, they're the twins. Yeah, right? they, they reminded me of like the Soria twins. I was I thought the same thing. The only thing I was I needed was one of them to forfeit to the other one. They wrestled each other, didn't they? Yeah, they did. They ended up wrestling for third. Yeah, I knew they took third, fourth, but uh, yeah, if they would have forfeited, that would have made it all better. It would have made exactly the Soria twins because they yeah. never wrestled each other in a match. I wonder where they're going to wrestle. Probably Shen Prep. <laughs> I mean, I-, I can only assume, like, not a knock on Shen, right? Jason Holmes is wrestling for Shen now. Yeah. But, uh, but I mean, the English brothers are tough. I think they're eighth graders. Yeah, they are good. Yeah. So, uh, moving up to 106. I lost my bracket. Uh, we had Joe Manfredi. Um, there we go. We had uh, the one versus two again. We had Joseph Manfredi. He's out of Vogar's um, Honors Wrestling Club. He beat Mikey Monta out of the Barnes Brothers. Uh, so two um, Long Island guys wrestling each other. Yeah. Manfredi got the win, one to zero. Um, there wasn't a f- much notes that I took out of 106. Um, you know, I gotta I gotta say one thing. You know, I shat on the seeds, hardcore. Right, four guys outside the top six made the semis. Four guys. I I, four guys I didn't I I didn't necessarily crap on the seeds as much as I crapped on those two weights that I talked about, which I you know, I I had it settled. I already talked to you about it, but I already had it settled. I talked to yeah, people yeah. at the tournament and. I got to the bottom of it, but uh, those were the only two that I kind of had issues with, and it was rightfully so because I was I was right, and it, it is what it is. It's fine. It's over with. But uh, yeah, no, for the for the, for the most part, the seedings went well. Um, yeah, so good good on them. You know, like I said, I crapped on them. The weights where I had the one weight that I had a big issue with. You know, I I was right. But you know we'll get there. We're, we'll get there. Shout we'll out, Armspin Army, baby. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's move up to 113. Um, our guest on this show, Tyler Ferrara, um, he got the win over Xavier De Jesus Remchuk. So De Jesus Remchuk is out of Section Five in the semis. He got the win over. Uh, so he's the three seed. He got the win over Gianni Silvestri, the two seed of Tioga. Uh, he won three to one. That was a rematch of the New York State Finals last year in D2. So, uh, yeah. you know, a so this is actually one of the semis I got to watch. Um, did you see this one? No, I think it was on Matt six. It was on Matt eight, six. Six, yeah. So I was at like Matt four. So I was like two down from them. Yeah. So um, we were actually on deck from this match. So I had a chance to watch the whole thing. Um, Xavier and Gianni got into a crazy scramble at the end of the first period. Um, Really, really questionable call. I, I'm not sure I agreed with it. Here's what so Xavier has practiced, has wrestled in my barn for the for a good part of the summer. Um, so I I wanted Xavier to win. And when I was watching the scramble and I saw a two takedown, I thought they gave it to Gianni. Um, obviously Gianni's section four boy. I didn't feel super strongly either way. I wanted Xavier to win, but you know Gianni's section four guy. I'm cool if he wins too. But I saw two Gianni, I'm like, hmm, I'm not sure I agree with that. I don't think it should be two here. But then I realized, you know, Harrington freaking out in the corner. I'm like, wait, did they give that to Xavier? 
and like I'm sorry like I said I that shouldn't that was nowhere near two for Xavier nowhere near two for Xavier nowhere near I should have been two for either of them but you know if they had given it to somebody I thought they were going to give it to Gianni but they gave it to Xavier time ran out and now he's up 2-0 and the ref would not budge on anything um and that that's really that really decided the match that that takedown decided the match um at that point they both trade escapes in the second and third period and Xavier's hard to score on if you if if he knows you have to score. Um, that's one thing he's really good at. His head and hands is really tough, and and he stays in really good position. And he doesn't put himself in a position to lose if he's got a lead. Um, so that was it was a really good match. A lot of fun to watch um, as a fan. Not so much if you have an attachment to one of the two. Right. Yeah. I I didn't see the uh, I I did see Harrington kind of going a little crazy and he questioned the ref afterwards a little bit um maybe he wasn't yeah. going crazy a L- uh, little bit <laughs> yeah so i mean i saw that at the end um but i i wasn't able to see that the match itself and then uh in the finals tyler got the job done over xavier that was an exciting my ma- that, that might have been like one of the only finals matches i watched besides the one i was in the corner for but uh yeah so once again i got lucky on this one i i got to see we were on deck for this match as well so i got to see uh Tyler and Xavier wrestle this match and the the craziness of it um you know the story of this match you know there's always little little things inside a match that you see but uh the end of the first period Tyler you know he's maybe 0.3 seconds away from a takedown if there's more time on the clock there wasn't so it's not like it was a bad call or anything but you know there's 0.3 more that's takedown Right. Exact same thing happens in the second period. If there's 0.3 seconds more, Tyler's in rear standing, and Xavier's hand goes down right after time goes out. So again, not a bad call, but right there to be right there to be um, a takedown. And then we get into the third period. Xavier's getting a has a really nice ride going, really nice ride going, and he's getting good mat returns. Um, he's getting a cross wrist and keeping him flat. Um, gets to the point where there's about 45 seconds left and Tyler gets to his feet uh, and Xavier can't return him and he's kind of holding on to a leg in that situation you know we kind of hold on a leg guys kicking out um, hits him for stalling goes back down same situation happens That's, that was on a 27 second restart same exact situation um, you know Tyler gets to his feet Xavier drops to a leg and gets hit for stalling again to tie the match up this time there's 5 seconds left 5 seconds to go in the match and Tyler switches his hips and finds his way to his feet to win the match with with no time left on the clock and gets his escape and wins two to one and you know t- like I mean, I've said it Tyler's my guy I love Tyler to death um, I was pretty hyped for Tyler to win that um, another one of those things right like Xavier's practice in my room so like I'm not you know super heavy one way or the other but you know it was nice to see Tyler after last year's debacle get yeah. it done yeah I agree. Um, you know, I again Tyler was in the room watching the fi- the semis uh, or challenge tournament finals um, the night before. So, yeah, no, it was good to see him. He was in high spirits afterwards. He, he obviously state champ. Um, he it was a big win, right? I mean, the the guys that took second and third were uh, you know first and second in the state D two last year. I mean, that was a good win for him. Awesome to see. Yeah. Moving up to 120 pounds, we had an all Long Beach finals. Um, did you know this? I did not. Yeah, so... Oh, I guess uh, you may look at the thing, you kind of tell, but... 
Well, I mean, yeah, so looking at the thing, but like last year, because uh, I had a kid at 113, I think both of these guys were 113 last year. There was like Long Beach had three guys at 113 that were like complete studs. I really? believe these were two of them, and then there was another one as well. But uh, Did they always have that problem. They had it at 195 pounds a few years back. I had a guy wrestling in that weight, and they had two guys at the state tournament at 195 pounds. I was like, holy crap. And it's always Long Beach. Yeah. I mean, it helps when their freaking schools are ginormous. Yeah, and, you know, you have Volgars right there. True, yeah. That definitely helps in Palacio and all that stuff as a high school coach. But, uh, yeah, so Jeremiah Echeverria, he gets the 5-1 to one decision over Kevin Lopez. And, again, we're talking about Bo Nickel, David Taylor. Like, these guys, it was kind of – it didn't look like they were awkward wrestling each other. It was like 1-1, one, one, and the other one was obviously not happy, and the other one was pretty pumped. And uh, I don't think they had any affiliations with Long Beach itself in the, the corners, right? One was, I think Jamie Franco and, and Patrovich were in the corner. And then I don't know who the, the two other guys were in the other corner. But uh, a notable thing, though, was Max Gallagher. Uh, he injury defaulted out. He wrestled. He got hurt, I believe, in his quarterfinal match. Hurt his elbow, I believe. And then uh, he didn't wrestle in the semis against Lopez. And then... Uh, so third and fourth place, Daniel Kirsch of Pioneer. He beat Michael Schiffauer of Iroquois. Those two were the uh, Section 6 reps at 113 last year. They both placed in the state D2 at 113. Kirsch was the Section 6 champ. Um, so, yeah, that was an all-Section 6 battle in the Constellation Finals. And then Aiden Gillings of, of Newfane, he's also a Section 6 guy. But, yeah, I mean, Max Gallagher, I would love to see him in the finals. He uh, He's pretty tough out of Section 11. Yeah, you know, um, he's definitely he's definitely injured right now. He's out. Um, I was actually talking to Tyler a little bit earlier today, because um, he goes he goes and practices with Max and PJ down at KD's. Yeah. And uh, Max obviously is not wrestling, and PJ pulled out. I don't know if you saw, but I saw him walking around the arena in a, in a knee brace. Yeah, I saw him. It was, it was more like a stabilizer. It wasn't like a full brace, but like kind of obviously he wasn't bending his knee at all. So. Not good. Not a good sign for PJ there, but you know, hopefully he'll be all right for some kind of cadets or something coming up soon. Yeah, hopefully he's he's fine. I mean, I, I don't know much about that injury, but yeah, um, I guess moving up to 126, we've got uh the YouTube sensation Steve O'Poolin ending out his high school um, career with a another state title. Uh, he's headed to NC State next year, so he uh. I want to say it was his quarterfinal match. I was kind of impressed with the other kid, Owen Duch. Duchess. Section one kid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he, he beat him nine to three, but that Owen's pace was just like relentless. Like he kept coming and coming and coming. You know, um, I, I was actually, you know, he ended up, um, another one of my, my club kids, somebody I was helping coach this weekend was Cody Merwin. Um, Cody actually controlled that kid in the, in the constellation, constellation of four. Um, that kid's definitely tough. The guy I was actually the most impressed with was uh, Cameron Catcherbone. He looked really good this weekend. He gave um, Steve-O a pretty decent uh, match in the in the semis. And on the backside, he beats Alex Booth, and then he beats Caden. He majors Caden Bellis in, in the 3-4 match, which was almost shocking to me. Yeah, uh, he, he was definitely um, somebody I was keeping an eye on, too. So I kind of had two guys in this weight. Uh, one was Alex Booth. Um, he trains up here at Kenny Court's Greenhouse. Um, he's trained at Bears Den a few times, uh, so I've seen him quite a bit. And then Matt Haycook, um, I was I missed the match with him and Merwin, 
But uh, yeah, I was so after after I saw you there, I was like, I thought about it. I'm like, wait a minute, doesn't doesn't the Hey Kid wrestle for camp? Did I coach against you? And not even realize it. And... No, well, no, because that was part of the thing where I'm like, all right, well, Hey Cook's dad is coaches, and then Kenny Kors, obviously, like it's his club, so like this is kind of almost a club season because we're not in in high school practices. So I saw those two together. I'm like, all right, just keep doing what you're doing, and uh. And then it was after that match, um, I was in the corner. So, I mean, shout out to my kid, uh, Haycook. He, in the wrestle backs, he, I think he wrestled, uh, he might have wrestled one match. Yeah, he won one match. Um, oh, he beat Pulso. And then he beat Pulso. That's awesome. And I'm like, I'm like, yo, I'm like, that kid placed third in states last year, D1. Like, that's a big one. And like, then he lost, or he beat another kid after that, and then he lost to uh, Owen. Yeah. Um, but like, one of his problems was like winning close matches or he didn't know how to win close matches, but like he got the job done against Paul. So he beat the other kid and really like he was a few seconds away from beating um, Owen and had he beat him, he would have been in the top eight. It would have been great for him, but um, yeah, no, he's definitely, I see improvements out of him and, and him wrestling, you know, him and Alex Booth are training partners pretty much. They, they wrestle at Kenny's greenhouse. So they're definitely helping each other out and, yeah, I mean, obviously he didn't place, but I was still impressed with him. Being- yeah, no, that's a good run, and, and that Paulson wins obviously a really good win for him. So yeah, good on him. Yeah. So uh, 126 is pretty interesting. Um, let's move it up to 132 because this is an exciting weight. Dude, I got so hyped. I texted you that morning. Okay, so we came in the bracket. We expected. Uh, I your first first and foremost, Jordan Titus deserves all, all everything, right? Dude's dude's amazing. He's phenomenal. He's going to West Virginia next year. Um, comes in and he absolutely kills this whole weight class. He gets, I think he had three pinfalls and then a, a decision, once four pinfalls and a decision uh, to win a state title. Um, but obviously, I'm gonna be a little biased here. Uh, my guy Stack Levy. We came in expecting to be the eight seed. Uh, we expected to see Titus in the first round in the quarterfinals. Um, we get to the arena that morning and the brackets are changed and he's a seven seed. And I'm like, let's go. And I looked at the bracket and I texted you right now. I said, I like where we are. I like our side of the bracket. And, uh, you know, right away he started off great. Uh, got a pin, got another win and matched up with, uh, Jackson Polo in the quarterfinals. Uh, I think he was returning third place finisher D2 at 113 last year. Uh, gets the overtime victory to send him to the state semifinals where he wrestled Joe Sparacio, who's also been a state place finisher. Um, he knocked off Michael Catanzaro, who I actually thought was one of the better guys in the bracket. I thought Catanzaro would win that quarterfinal. Um, he ended up obviously losing to uh, Joe Sparacio. And a pretty entertaining match, actually. Uh, I had a chance to go back and watch that one. Sparacio was down early, or sorry, yeah, because they hit, they hit him first, uh, like an illegal hold or something to 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 go down one zero, and then found a nice cradle to go up four zero, and then kind of never looked back. Won the match eight um, six, but then Levy and Sparacio in the semifinals. Levy kind of controlling the whole match. He's up nine to one when uh, Sparacio uh, injury defaulted out at that point, and. Uh, that was just a lot of fun to see. You know, my guy, Zach, he made the state finals after being a seven seed. He was the lowest seeded guy to make the finals for the whole weekend. Yeah, I was uh, I was pretty pumped. I don't even know. I, the only match I watched 
in this whole bracket was uh, Jason Holmes versus Casper uh, Stewart. Um, I, there was a lot of it seemed like there was a lot of people that kind of tuned in on that match. Uh, Holmes beat him uh, five to one, and so Holmes actually I watched a little bit of the semis um, because I was it, it must have been like when Bear was on deck or whatever. So Titus and Holmes, Titus beat him five to nothing, but like Titus is. Um, I think he hit him with a shin wizard. He might have got too near fall, yep. but like Holmes was obviously in on his legs, which Titus was okay with. But uh, yeah, I mean it was five nothing win. It wasn't anything crazy, right? Yeah, you know he did he did well. Uh, Holmes wrestled him really tough. Uh, I think it was more so you know Titus was just kind of aiming for that shin wizard tilt and yeah yeah and he, he was he baited was, the whole time. He was playing it really well. I mean he was he was kind of countering it and then. He was out of position, and then Titus was able to get him over. And like I said, I don't know if he got the near fall or not, but he definitely hit him in it. Yeah. And then uh, Jackson Polo comes back and wins his way all the way to third place. Um, and, and after I watched that match, you know, I came in thinking Jay Sean Holmes was was the next best guy after after Zach and Titus. Um, after that quarterfinal match with with Levy and Polo, I definitely thought. Polo was was going to take third. He was he looked great. His motion was great. He's got a bright. I don't know how old he is, but he's got a bright future because um, his motion his motion is some high level stuff. He just has to make. He's just got to make sure he can maintain that motion a little bit longer because he kind of faded out in the third period and slowed down a ton, which is what gave you know Zach the opportunity to pull that out. But you know, keeps that motion going. He's gonna be a killer, man. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um. Yeah. Moving up to 138. Uh. This was a match where you know. Or, oh wait. We had another guest on Avery Leonard. Um. He won in the quarterfinals and in, in the semis he lost to Santrone of GPS, uh, which is Section One Club. He lost six to four. And then down low we had Jordan Soriano, which I believe he was originally at 132. Right. He might have moved up like within the last month. But so like. When the initial stuff came out, like the initial entries, he was at 32. The updated then, ones, he was at 38. Yeah, and then because okay. I remember a few weeks ago we had talked when I was at, when I went to the tournament, he was registered at 45. We're like, okay, he's registered at 45. There's no way he's going 32. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Uh, so Soriano wrestled Centrone in the finals. This was a match where um, Bear was on deck, so I was I was standing there right there. It was a one zero match. It wasn't anything spectacular. Soriano got the job done, but I mean, his gas tank is go, 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 go. So, um, he's, he's somebody that I've watched in the last few years. He's usually been at, at bears way. He's a section eight kid, uh, D two. So I've seen him around. Yeah. So this was, you know, notable thing, I guess I should say in this is Nicholas Noto. Um, he won his first match and then he lost in the round of 16 and he won six straight to take third. Dude, what a savage. He beat, you know, he beat and, uh, and he Volpe. avenged his loss, didn't he? Yeah. He avenged yeah. it. He avenged loss to, to Frank Volpe of Hopog, but um, you know this was the weight that we all said we said from day one. Like this was the most wide open one. Yeah. Right? There was no Jordan Titus or Steve O'Poolin or Tyler Ferreira in the bracket that's like, you know, not going to get touched. And it kind of showed, right? Avery Leonard was the number one seed, deservedly so. Um, the returning state finalist uh, gets knocked off by Angelo Citroni, who's also really tough. Um, and the other thing, you know, three seed lost early, the six seed lost in the in the round of sixteen, the seven seed lost in the round of sixteen, the four seed ended up losing in the quarters. You know, there's a ton of upsets here. 
Um, I remember looking at the brackets the night before, and I said, all right, that's Steven Lucas kid. He's going to go on a run. And I've seen him, I seen him wrestle a few, couple years ago. He's been in Drew's weight classes a few times. Um, I made sure I looked him up. He's He was tough last year. I thought he would give us a run at the state tournament. Um, he did not, unfortunately. But, you know, I knew coming into this bracket he would be – He'd be the guy to watch. So, yeah, those Long Island guys are always uh, they come out of the woodwork, right? They're they're studs down there, and they they produce a lot of talent. So, yeah, he was definitely somebody to watch at the end of the tournament. Yeah, and the other guy, Frank Volpe, he had a really nice run. He was unseated. He ended up taking fourth as an unseated guy. Um, he he's got some good wins and some bad losses. It's been his thing. Um, he he has a win over Jeremiah Echeverria previously but he also has a bunch of losses and i don't believe made the state tournament last year hmm. and here he is now coming out and taking fourth which was awesome to see yeah hopefully you know that that's a thing that you know every once in a while you get that confidence you get that win or that result that's like oh i i can be here and then he's just kind of you kind of skyrocket at that point um i think that might be this might be this guy's coming out party to be successful in the future yeah i mean this they obviously without a real season like this was that's obviously the showcase i mean this is you could definitely tell the guys that have been training for the last several months and then the guys that haven't been training but uh yeah this was his coming out party for sure yeah moving up to 145 pounds um somebody we've talked about a lot Rocco Camilci uh out of Hilton right he's he's been the guy he's nationally ranked and you know he hasn't had a state title yet and he didn't get one this weekend or this past weekend. Um, he ended up meeting his, um, I would assume practice partner, but like they both train at the garage, right? The Yakima House's garage. Um, they're both section five guys, Carter Schubert, which was injured last season. So he, he was, we haven't seen him in a while. He came back strong. Um, spoiler alert. He's going to be on probably episode 33 of more wrestling's podcast. Probably did it tomorrow or the next day. Um, you know, he, he came out, and he looked good uh, this tournament, right? In the quarterfinals, Schubert got the fall over Zach Harrington. In the semis, he beat Benny Rogers 6-2, to two, which Benny Rogers of Wontas is pretty tough. And then uh, he meets Camilchi in the in the finals, he, and he wins 1-0. Again, that was a match where I, I would imagine that they're pretty close. <clears throat> um, they kind of know each other, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of – you see a 1-0 or even like a, or like a one takedown match against guys who are in the room together. And you just assume that it's, you know, a lot of familiarity, a lot of not wanting to take risks. And uh, yeah. you kind of, when you see a 1-0 like that, it's kind of what you assume. Yep. So, uh, so that was the first, uh, that was the finals match. Third and fourth, Benny Rogers beat Sean Garfold Hevener of North Rockland. And then uh, fifth, sixth, Nate Wade beat Zach Harrington. And then seven, eight, Donovan Smith beat Alexander Galani. Um, but like Nate know. Wade... Nate Wade placed in D1 states last year, right? He's no slouch. I don't. I can't remember if Harrington plays in D2. I know he's in. Yeah, he was sixth in D2 last year. It's because he was in Bears weight. Yep, he was at 138. He took sixth. I think he lost to Bear in the semis. No, Bear beat Burgess oh, no, in the semis. Beat, never mind. I think he lost. He lost to Brady. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, he lost to Brady. Yep. Um, this way, this way, it's fun. You know, I see a lot of names that I I'm familiar with. You know, having Coach Drew against some of these guys, um, Sean Garofalo out of Section One. Uh, he, I, I knew he was tough. I thought, I thought Nate Wade was the number two or three guy here, and Ben Rogers came out and he looked great. I mean, 
he I think his only loss was the Schubert, right? Yeah, so Rogers lost his only loss was the to the champ. And other than that, he looked great. Another guy I was really impressed with is uh out of Tioga, Donovan Smith. He you know, he went one and two at the state tournament last year, um, at hundred and twenty pounds. Comes up to one forty five and gets himself on the podium. That was great for him. Um I think his his win that kinda got him there. Oh, was it Alberti? Yeah, he beat Alberti in the uh, in the in the round of sixteen. Who was the number eight seed? It drops down to the blood round after losing to uh, Camilchi, and uh, gets the job done. I was, I was I was proud of that guy. He he's worked his butt off for a long time and kind of paid off now having placed in the state. Yeah, no, I mean I I believe it was either he was pumped or I know he was he's friends with Bear. I think Donovan Smith's friends with everybody. But, uh, that is so true. Yeah, he definitely he had a smile on his face after that. Absolutely knows everybody. Yeah. Um, so moving up to 152, this was a match. The finals match was something that I was looking forward to. It was kind of – you knew it was going to happen before the tournament started. I mean, but it, it almost didn't. Um, it was Zack Ryder versus Caleb Burgess. Zack Ryder, the freshman, what, he's like 14 years old, out of Mincing Valley. And then Caleb Burgess out of Paul Mack. Um, they wrestled again. I, I think I mentioned it before, but at Battle in the Berg, Zack Ryder, I think, beat him up a little bit. But uh, so Zack Ryder beat Burgess in the finals, three to two. This was like Matt six because Bear wrestled on Matt four, and this was like right before Bear wrestled. So I, I wasn't able to watch it because you know, obviously it was a few minutes away. But uh, I saw Zack Ryder flexing afterwards. But in the semis, Burgess beat Timmy Bova. Uh, three to two. Bova's tough out of Arlington. Yeah, you know, I I have another big shout out I gotta give real quick. Yeah, do it. Aiden Green out of Addison has never qualified for the state tournament. He went on an absolute run. In the round of sixteen, he was losing to Jimmy Hoffman six to zero and threw him to his back twice to win the match to then make the quarterfinals. Ran into a buzzsaw and Zach Ryder. Dropped down and got on the podium, won the blood round, and then got another win over Sam May of Fulton, and then he and he, he lost to Tim Bova. But this kid's literally never been to the state tournament before. It comes in up a weight class. He wrestled 145 this season, you know, because you know of Section Five did a did their class tournaments, and he won their class tournament at 145. Didn't want to lose any weight. Bumps up to 52. And gets on the state podium after never playing at the state tournament before, dude. Shot, that kid, that, that kid's a trip, man. I love that kid, and that was awesome to watch. Yeah, man, that's awesome. That I didn't know that. Um, he obviously had a good good weekend, taking fifth. Yeah, Sammy May, he's, he's tough. He's out of Fulton. That's a a big wrestling school. Um, I think he was a section three champ or maybe an at large. How yeah. I want to say he qualified for states last year, but maybe not. Um. But yeah, huge. Um, but yeah, Timmy Bova. I think there was like this was maybe the top three. You could definitely tell. Uh, Timmy Bova beat Walsh seven to zero um, for third and fourth. But like, even though Timmy Bova lost to Burgess one to zero, I don't know how he matches up with Ryder. But uh, those those two were definitely the clear favorites. Tim Bova's really good, man. He uh, he wrestled Chase Dodlin at states last year and controlled him and then he also wrestled uh, Logan Gumble and beat him there too so that was a uh, he's tough I'm glad to see that he was able to come up and take third 
Yeah, I've, I've seen him a few times um, in, in the past. You know, he's usually around Bears weight. Um, so moving up to 160, um, Carter Bear, Governor, he won the tournament. Uh, so in the quarterfinals, he beat Unger of Fairport, 16-3. In the, in the se- semifinals, he beat Mashow of Portville, Section 6 kid. I believe he placed in the States last year. He beat him 9-2. And then uh, in the finals, he wrestled Jack Spawn of Islip, which we kind of knew uh, this kid was going to be tough because I think last year, Spawn took third in D1 States. Um, I, w- I would imagine he'd be in the state finals this year at D1. Right. Had, had they had one. And then Nick Ross... He was a New York State finalist last year in D two at like 160, so mm-hmm. he was going to be tough. And Spawn majored him. I didn't. I wasn't able to watch that match. Obviously, I was watching Bear, and then uh, I was able to be in the finals for for Bear's match against Spawn. And uh, didn't need to really say much. He obviously goes out there and does what he does. Yeah, he controlled the match. Yeah, he controlled the match. He got 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 what he needed, and then he got a takedown to seal it at the end. So uh, he's the state champ at 160. Yeah, one. Another shout out, guy from the barn, Kate Slayton. Yeah. Slayton got on the podium. I saw him um, walking around. I'm like, damn, this kid's pretty tough. Um, I think obviously wearing the Section Five stuff. Yep. Yeah, Eric Teague's tough, um, right? The the top five are definitely tough, and for him to come in six, I mean, I I think Unger's not bad either. Yeah, you know, I know Cade Cade was obviously a six seed. Um, he had not placed in the state tournament before last year. He was on his way to placing and. Uh, hurt his back at the state tournament and wasn't able to come finish the match. But, man, it was nice to see that kid get on the podium. He's busted his butt all summer. Yeah. Um, I got a shout-out to Carter Bear. He, uh, I threw him a more wrestling shirt before the weekend started, and uh, he's like, I'll wear it on day two. I'm like, sure, why not? And, <laughs> and then his little brother was running around with one on, too. So I'm like, yes, free advertisement. That was sick. Yeah. <laughs> state champ. Wear, state wear, champ wear, more wrestling. Let's go. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so 170, um, we've got Tyler Joseph winning over Brody Olsalak in the finals. Dude, that was a heartbreaker. Four to three. Oh, that was uh, a heartbreaker, man. Yeah, so, and like, I, I didn't get to watch it because, again, there was three three finals matches going on at the same time, and Bear was wrestling that, that time. But at, at from what I heard at the beginning, he just stopped wrestling. And then his dad came up, he's like, man, he like, he – he kind of did like the little Justin Bieber flip of the hair to get the hair out of the way. Just because his, he has obviously long hair. Yeah. And uh, it was in the way. And then when he moved it, the kid was in on his legs and took him down to at the end to, to get the takedown to win. Yeah. That's kind of, so that's kind of why I talked to, talked to Jamie and Joel. I was, th- this is another issue. Like we had to do the, the award ceremony and, and Zach's on the podium getting his pictures and his, his medal. And by the time we were done, you know, Brody's match was over and I was like damn I didn't get a chance to watch it so I talked to his dad and I talked to Joel afterwards and yeah that's what they said you know he got the reversal in the first ride it was double overtime ride outs got the reversal in the first ride out and then he was riding the kid in the second ride out and gave up the escape with seven seconds left and fixed his hair and got double egged and lost the match yeah it's obviously unfortunate um so yeah he lost four to three but Looking back on this, um, Aiden Poe made the semis, so Brody beat him in the semis, three to zero. I mean, and they're kind of familiar with each other. Um, I know they wrestle on, I believe it would be Nate or Avery Leonard's dad's team, like the uh, the garage, the Gorilla Grapplers. Gorilla Grapplers, yeah. Yeah, and they, they've they've wrestled quite a bit in the in the Northeast during COVID, 
So uh, they're a little bit familiar with each other. And then up top, Joseph beat Slayton, Ryder Slayton of Canistia Greenwood. 5-0. Another one. Kid's cousin, Ryder. I, I, I was trying to imagine that they would be, you know, related being uh, yeah. Section 5 guys. Yep, they're, they're cousins. They, uh, they're from the same area, but Ryder's another one. He put in a ton of work this summer. Really yeah, paid I've off. Yeah, I've got a... I've got to give a shout out to Aiden Poe. Again, he's been putting in a lot of work and you could definitely tell the success he was having. And, and uh, you just obviously being with Cole Mulhauser and bear. And then with, even with Kenny courts, um, he took fourth. He lost to Adrian. Artisuski of elite wrestling Academy. Um, I'd never seen that kid's name before. Yeah. I mean, either. I don't remember if I saw that kid's name before. Who is that kid? <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm. I mean, he's a he's a foreign guy. If you didn't know, are you sure? I'm, I'm almost <laughs> looking to the corner. But uh, yeah, he, he beat Poe seven to one. Um, I'm trying to think. He lost to on the front side. He lost to Brody two zero. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. That's the one. Um, yes. Yeah, stay out of the Russian. Okay. Gotcha. Um, moving up to 182. Uh, the MOW of the tournament, Cole Mulhauser. He had a pretty solid tournament. Not gonna lie. Um. The first match, he was it the first match? No, the first match. The only points he gave up were escape points. Yeah. So first match he wins by fall. Second match he wins by tech fall, twenty four to nine. Then he wins seven to zero over a kid from Pittsburgh in the quarters. And then in the semis he wins thirteen to zero over Pete Meshkoff of Journeyman. Um, and then in the finals he wrestles Mike Altmer of Mincing Valley, Mincing Valley Prep, and he beats him three to zero. And this was the other match. So the two matches that were going on were Brody's match and then Cole's match during Bear's final. So he they, they just finished up with this. And so after Bear got done, we, we were walking and Cole had a smile on his face. But he he got headlocked. I mean, he didn't get any points scored on him, but, like, he got his head ripped off almost. That's what Ultimer does, man. He's nasty with it. Yeah. I mean, Ultimer beat Bell in the semis. Yeah, he pinned Bell in the semis. That was a big win. Yeah, that's just that's what Altimer does. He's good there. This was a good weight, though. I mean, Cole Mulhauser first, Altimer second. Then you got Bell taking third over Meshkoff. And then Alec Richards of Corinth. Um, he beat Gabe Monroe of Windsor. And then in seventh and eighth, we were uh, John Sintowski of Pittsburgh and Jake Aina of Spencerport. So, I mean, that was a pretty solid top eight, I would say. Yeah, for sure. And to see what Cole did to that, to that field was nuts and the thing well, like, well deserved mow he, he was a 145 pounder last year this is 182 yeah like and he was all of 182 yeah he was all yeah he's all of 182 he, he's definitely put the time in the weight room <laughs> moving up to 195 brock del signor got his first state championship um it was a pretty big moment for him i think um in the semis he he gets a controlled 19 to 5 dominating win over mccusker jack mccusker of uh, Vogars. And then in the finals, he was, he wrestled James Areno, which, you know, we know Areno, his brother wrestles for Princeton. He was a stud. Uh, they wrestled for same school, Nick Piccanini wrestled for. Um, so he beats him nine to four. I honestly thought Areno was going to give him more problems just because he was taller and, and whatnot, but Del Signor was just a beast. Well, I mean, I was surprised. I mean, I know, I know Areno was good, but I was surprised he beat Dorfman. I yeah, thought Dorfman would be in the finals against Del Signor. Not without issue, but I definitely thought he would be there. 
Dorf Moreno the, controlled Dorf that match. 60. Four. Congrats to him. Um, he, he made the semis. Yeah, I, I thought Arena was going to make the finals. I thought it was going to be those two. I mean, they obviously knew Dorfman could make a run. That's why he's down at the, the sixth seed. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was high on Arena. I mean, he had a good – I want to say it was maybe in, in, in Atlantic City is when he, he beat a nationally ranked guy and kind of made a name for himself. Not totally sure. He's definitely good, but I—I I mean, I—I th- I thought Dorfman was also good. I thought he would make it, but yes, yeah, so yeah. Dorfman took third. He beat Jack McCusker for third and fourth. Um, you mean he's better than McCusker? Hmm. He's better than McCusker. Who Dorfman? Yeah, he is. He took. He beat him. I think his. I think his accolades are better than McCusker's too, right? They are. Yeah. He. Uh. I think he placed in states last year, right? I think so. All right. <laughs> we'll there, right? 20 pounds before we get ourselves in trouble here. Okay. Let's go to 220. <laughs> you know, moving I, up um, to 220 pounds. Take it away, man. Yeah. Sam Sorensen, man. So I learned something about Sam yeah. that I didn't know. Did you know that he's won two state titles this year? He did. He, um, not, I'm not sure that he did, actually. No, he moved to Wyoming. No, I, I knew that, but I thought he took second out there. Was he what I read is he pinned his way to the state final, pinned his way to the state tournament. Okay, well maybe he did. I mean, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I read that and I, I was like, holy crap! Um, but he, this is his second state title on the season, as far as I know. He pinned his way through Wyoming, and then um, Seminenko gets upset in the in the semis by Gallo and uh, Sammy Sammy Sorensen. He does the thing. Makes yeah. wins the state title for Homer as a as a sophomore. That's nuts. Yeah, I mean, in the quarterfinals he wins three to one, close match, right? And then in the semis he wins three to one, close match. And then in the well, finals it was nuts because like, I think it was ultimate tiebreaker. Yep. Yeah, right, because I, I watched that match. That was one of the other ones that I watched, and uh, he was able to get away. And yeah, huge win for him. And uh, yeah, the two time state champion. Only only forty eight <laughs> more states to go. Right. <laughs> no, actually, so that's kind of his thing, though. He wins close. He's a smart wrestler. Yeah, yeah. Um, he he wins close matches. First round, first match of the tournament, two to one. Quarterfinals, three to one. Semifinals, three to one. Finals, three to two. Right. That's just what he does. He's smart. He stays in good position. He doesn't make mistakes, and that's that's why he wins matches. And uh, you know that that was the difference here. Obviously, that that finals match goes a little different if that flip in the second period doesn't go his way. True. Right. right, I mean, if, if they get choice and you know you don't get the score first, then they're, they're they get choice in that in that ultimate tiebreaker. So that's just kind of one of those things where you live by the sword, die by the sword. Yep. Yeah. He uh, definitely wrestled well. And uh, shout out to Homer. I know there's a few Homer people that listen to the show. Maybe he's one of them. I don't know. Probably not. But uh, Sorensen <laughs> first, Gallo second, Semenenko came back and took third. Harris took fourth. And uh, Heinz fifth, Prisco sixth. So uh, again, shout out Sam Sorensen. Hopefully, we get to see him. I mean, I mean we'll, we will get to see him next year in Albany, but I'm excited for it. Moving up to 285 pounds, this was a weight that I wasn't sure necessarily what Sebastian Garibaldi was going to look like. This freaking dude's big, dude. Big. Um, before we get into Garibaldi. Ryan Stein killed someone this weekend. If you haven't seen it, go watch the round of 16 of Ryan Stein's match. It's about 27 seconds long. He 
killed he literally killed this guy. I'm almost positive that dude's in the hospital right now. Oh yeah. Annihilated him. It was disgust it was gross. It was like, holy crap, what just happened? And he just launched the dude. It was disgusting. So anybody listening, if you haven't watched this, Ryan Stein's round of sixteen against Aiden Dean Tremont of Bear Cave. It <laughs> 30, 35 seconds. He he annihilated this dude. There's a match where I want you to watch as well. Um, oh, wait. Is this not the... Oh, no. That's not the right one. Oh, no. Where is it? Oh, gosh. I'm going to have to find it. Kind of not exciting, but it kind of is exciting. I'll have to send it to you afterwards, but it was... Yeah, it's not exciting. I'll I'll, I'll explain it afterwards. I don't want to call it exciting on uh, on air, but uh, bad radio. Um, anyways, moving back to 285 pounds, uh, Garibaldi is a giant human being, and I think he was 220 last year, like I said, so I wasn't positive how he was going to look being at 285, but he's definitely been in the weight room. Uh, Garibaldi wrestled Isaiah Trago, Section 3 guy. He pinned him. Um, he was beating him 9-2 to before he pinned him. That was in the semis, and Trago's in himself is, is a big dude. And then in the other semifinals, Adam Fenner beat Stefan Moncherry of Bear Cave. And uh, so uh, in the finals, it was Garibaldi out of Empire. Uh, he's a section one guy. He wrestled Fenner of Mincing Valley. Garibaldi got the win four to two, and he was pumped afterwards. Dude, Garibaldi's tough, man. So uh, in the quarterfinals match, a match we were talking about was Isaiah Trago versus Charlie Tibbetts. Trago beat him three to two. That was a match of the section three guys. Um, Trago's a D2 guy. Tibbetts is a D1 guy. Um, that was in the quarterfinal match. And then to wrestle back to take third, uh, Tibbetts beat Trago for third and fourth. Good on Tibbetts for wrestling back. Uh, so, I mean, that that about covers it for the uh, high school ch- side of the state cha- championships. Like you said, there was the, the kids were wrestling the day before um, on Thursday. I was not able to go down there for that. I know uh, Bear had his little brother. He took second there. Um, but they, they, I think from what I heard, everything went well as far as wrestling went. I was there for the freestyle portion of it. Um, I had a girl that was wrestling in the freestyle. Um, she's tough. I think she took fourth. She went three and two. But, yeah, again, to, to, to build on the, the, the woman's talk that I was talking about, the uh, the girls that were wrestling, like, they're beast. Um Right, they, they were they were out there hitting like they were transitioning nice into the leg laces, into the gut wrenches. It was just like it was kind of nice to see them not just use their folk style stuff to win freestyle matches. It was nice to see them work on technique. And uh, I mean, there was a few studs there, like uh, Fitzgerald that she just committed to Sacred Heart University. Shout out John Clark. Um, I'm wearing the Sacred Heart University pants right now, actually. Um, you know, there there was a few other ones. Abby Duke was there. Um, a few other girls that I don't I don't know their names and uh, too well. But uh, yeah, there was a lot of girls. I think there was sixteen girls in in uh, my girls' weight. And uh, like I said, she went three and two, t- took fourth. But yeah, overall it was a great great event. Yeah, you know they they did a great job um, kind of keeping the the tournament even with the youth side. Um, keeping the tournament running real smooth and keeping keeping guy people out of the the arena out of the you know mat area. Um, it was you know overall it was a great wrestling experience even for the fans. I think 
you know, outside of the placing the semis and finals all over the place, you know, it was a good experience for fans. There was plenty of room for people to walk down and, and get next to the mats that they wanted to watch. And and, and the this catwalk above it was really nice. You could see a lot of the, pretty much everything. Um, it was, I mean, it was great. It was well ran. I mean, it was a journeyman tournament, right? I mean, that's their reputation. They run everything to a T and it gets in and out of the building. Yeah, well said. I mean, it was uh, the the people that were supposed to be in the inside the uh, barricades were inside of it, and then they were, they did a good job pushing people out and uh, you know making sure you know things weren't too crowded and and the, the experience itself wasn't dulled by it. So uh, yeah, it was a great event. I mean, again, a ton of studs were there. It was the New York State tournament. Fifteen New York State champs were crowned at the end of the day, end of the weekend. So. And I can't wait till next year when I'm sitting there saying, "Yeah, that kid was a state champ last year," and someone's like, "That's COVID." I don't give a crap. Yeah, I don't give a crap. People were talking. People were messaging me. Obviously, like I shared it on my Facebook. There was like crap load of uh, likes and stuff. They're like, "What tournament was it?" I'm like, "It was a journeyman New York State tournament." They're like, "Why was it in PA?" I'm like, "We can't have anything up here." They're right. like, "Was it good?" I'm like, "Yeah, dude. Like there was guys that placed in states last year that didn't didn't even uh, place. Didn't you know? place. And yeah, there was." state final matches going on in the state in, in the semis like this was easily much tougher than a state tournament yeah i mean there was kids missing obviously pj duke is hurt but the pj duke's hurt if it's a regular tournament you know yep. max gallagher got hurt in this in the tournament um jaden scott wasn't there cooper Crobman wasn't there um jake i mean those Noel are really there. yep jake Knoll wasn't there um he so there's a few guys anyway. who weren't competing but i mean then you also on the other side Stevo's there Jordan's there, Tyler's there, right. um, you know, Stein plays the, the Super 32, he's there. Um, the best guys showed up that, that were going to show up. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they weren't there, you, you, didn't, you didn't give yourself an opportunity to call yourself a state champion, and that's on you. Yeah, because for the last several months, there's been clubs practicing. Listen, we're in the northern New York, and there's – the, the, the closest club besides the Bears Den, which is local, but it's an hour drive, an hour and a half drive for some of these people. And, like, I know people down downstate, you know, Tyler drives to uh, Section 1 and, and does stuff with KD. Like, if yep. you want to wrestle and you want to be successful, you're going to find a way to win. And Tyler's like, practicing twice a day right now. Yeah, you, you're going to find a He's way to He's got football practice, and then he goes to wrestling practice. Yeah. He so, found a way to make it work. Yeah, so, you know what? Excuses are for wusses, and if you don't want to win a freaking state title – um, you obviously weren't there this weekend. Mike that's drop. on you. Mike drop. But uh, yeah, uh, <clears throat> that's all I've got. Yeah, I'm good, man. <clears throat> all right. Well, uh, again, I'll be back on probably tomorrow or the next day with a pretty good interview, I think, with uh, Carter Schubert. Um, 2021 New York State Champion. 2021 New York State Champion. Yeah, out of uh, Section 5. So yeah, thanks for tuning in to Episode 32. Um, Zach and I will be back in a little bit. Peace out. Peace out.